on the weather in a moment. Today's All-Star Game is brought to you by Chrysler Corporation, world famous for engineering. Insurance by the Hartford. We try to keep things simple. The makers of Winston, Salem, and Camel cigarettes. And by STP Corporation, makers of STP oil treatment. STP is the racer's edge. Hello, this is Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax. And for those of you who may not have heard, last night's attempt to play the 40th Annual All-Star Game was rained out. And that is my first understatement of the day. Because there was a deluge of rain in some sections of Washington, more than 12 inches of rain. They had to take hoses and pumps to pump out the waist-high water in the Washington Senators' dugout, which for today and last night is the American League dugout. There are drains in center field. They have taken the sections of those drains out and now replaced them. And the field is in pretty good shape. We'll have a word about a pitching change for the American League in a moment with Sandy Koufax. This broadcast is authorized under broadcast rights granted by the Commissioner of Baseball solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. And any publication, rebroadcast, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of the game without the express written consent of the Commissioner of Baseball is prohibited. Now, Sandy Koufax, we were here last night and talking, talking about what might happen if the game were to be played. The weather now, the weatherman says there will be continuing light showers all afternoon. It looks like the game will be played. Denny McLean, who flew home late last night for dental treatment this morning, reportedly is back in the stadium, but there is a pitching change, and Mel Stadelmeyer will be the first on the mound today for the American League. Jim, uh, I'm sure Denny would have liked to have pitched today, but uh, Mayo Smith, the manager, probably felt for Denny's sake and the American League's chances, it might be better to give him a little rest. Denny flew home, as you said, had to come back early this morning after extensive dental work yesterday. So Mayo has gone with Mel Stottlemyre, which uh, is not going to hurt the American League too much. Mel, last year, had a great year. He was 21-12 and 12 with a 2.45 ERA. So far this year, coming into today's game, he's 14-7 and seven with an ERA of 2.61. He's pitched three shutouts on the year and has done just a fine job for the Yankees. He's pitched 193 innings. He is not uh, really a strikeout pitcher. Mel has, you know, a fine slider and a great sinker. Uh, I think probably his sinker is his best pitch. He throws this sinking fastball, and especially in a ballpark like this where... We've had a lot of rain, and they do have a soft infield here in Washington anyway at all times. That sinker ball is a definite advantage to him. A lot of ground balls are usually hit off of him, and uh, when you've got that slow infield, they don't go through too easily. He's got fine control and keeps the ball down, and Mel is uh, quite a competitor, and it's, it's going to be a good ball game. Well, Sandy, according to uh, the Washington fans here, they will agree that Mel Stottlemyre has a great sinker ball because Stottlemyre apparently owns the Washington Senators. He has had fantastic luck against the Senators and pitching here in D.C. Stadium. So Stottlemyre will go against the National League today. And, of course, playing from Kennedy Stadium, this is the American League ballpark. The National League will be first up. When the senior circuit does take the field, Sandy, it will be Steve Carlton. Now, Carlton is a left-hander. You were not surprised when we talked last night that he has been selected to pitch, even though he's going against a predominantly right-handed lineup. But Steve said last night after the rainout, what I didn't need was one more day's rest. Very definitely, Jim. That's the only, I think, problem that uh, Carlton might have today is too much rest. He pitched last Wednesday, pitched a shutout. He was scheduled to pitch again on Sunday, and they were rained out. So he's had seven days rest coming into today's game. Some pitchers like the extra rest, some don't. But uh, you never know. You'll only find out after the ball game starts. Steve has got great stuff, I feel. I think 
possibly he might be uh, oh, one of the better pitchers in the National League now. Maybe the one with the best stuff in the league. He has a great fastball. Throws hard and good control with his fastball. Up until this year, he had a little trouble with his curveball. He has a good one. He didn't have uh, good command of it. He didn't get it over as well as he would like to. This year, he's come up with a slider. The slider's been a big pitch for him. It gives him a curveball or a breaking ball, if you want to call it, that he can get over the plate and made it doubly tough on the hitters. He keeps it on the inside corner to the right-handers and out away from the left-handers, and this makes him awfully tough. And as far as being a left-hander against all that right-hand power, if you have this kind of stuff, it shouldn't make a lot of difference. Well, those are the pitchers, and Steve Carlton right now is warming up down below us, right in back of home plate, slightly off to the left in front of the National League dugout. Mel Stottlemyre has gone to the bullpen, which is located out in left center field, and he is warming up out there. Down to our right, alongside of the American League dugout, is the United States Navy Band, dressed in their whites. And of course today, the man who will throw out the first baseball, as a matter of fact, he will throw out two, one to the American League catcher Bill Freehand, one to the National League catcher Johnny Bench, and there's a story there, will be Vice President Spiro Agnew. President Nixon wanted to be here last night, but of course the game was rained out, and he has started on his round-the-world trip, which will... Uh, take him to the Pacific on Thursday to meet our Apollo 11 astronauts. A late word on them. They are now awake after a 10-hour sleep at about 125,000 miles from Earth. And throughout this afternoon, not only will we keep you abreast of the All-Star game, but the return flight of Apollo 11. Our astronauts who have been to the moon, Neil Armstrong, Edwin Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Cotter. But still, Agnew will be here this afternoon, but a lot of people will not be here this afternoon, because what do you do if you own tickets to an All-Star game that is to be played at night? And you have problems, of course, as everybody does, with their work, with their business, and frankly, with their bosses. So many people have had to go home with tickets, rain checks that were good for this afternoon, but uh, overnight, in the deluge of rain, how do you get rid of them? How do you get back to the ballpark? But still a crowd, well over 40,000. It would be in excess of 45,000, and that's the amount of tickets they sold had there not been a rain out last night. So while we await for the arrival of Vice President Agnew and the ceremonial first pitch, and of course the introductions of the team, Sandy, let's go back again to something that we talked about last night. This is the 40th All-Star Game, the first one being played at Comiskey Park, now known as White Sox Park in Chicago, back in 1933. For a while, it all belonged to the American League. They were 12-4 and four after the 1949 game, but since then, the National League has won 17 and lost 5, 10 of the last 11, and the last 6 in a row. And I'm asking you, Sandy, how come the turnabout? Jim, I think part of that has to do with the type of pitching in the two leagues. Uh, for a while now, I feel that the National League had more pitchers who could throw hard, who had the great fastball. It doesn't necessarily make them better pitchers, but when you tell these kind of guys that they've only got to go two or three innings and they don't have to save anything, uh, it's, uh, it's a great factor. They can go out there and throw as hard as they can, and that makes it pretty tough to hit against them. The other thing that I feel is definitely one of the causes of the National League superiority in the last few years has been the fact that the National League was far ahead in acquiring Negro ballplayers. It gave the National League an untapped source of athletes and fine players where the American League was a little late. Jackie Robinson broke in with the Dodgers, and right after that you had players like Willie Mays and some of these greats who are still playing now. And I think this is a big factor. Uh, I think there were some clubs in the American League that were 
very far behind the National League in that. And I think that made a big difference in the last 10 years. Well, of course, in the last three ball games, there have only been seven runs scored all together. Last year's game was won one to nothing by the National League. And the year before that, they were out in Anaheim, and that was an extra inning game in which the American League was held scoreless for the last nine innings. So for the last 18 innings of all-star play, not only has the American League not won, but they haven't scored a run. At this moment, the National League is being introduced and trotting out along the third base line. They're involved now with the starting lineup, starting, of course, with the manager, Red Shandy. And now, I guess, is as good a time as any to give you our preliminary lineups before we get down to the ceremonial first pitch. For the National League, leading off and playing center field will be the league's leading hitter, Matty Alou, of the Pittsburgh Pirates, hitting a 3.54. At shortstop and batting second, the switch hitter and a fine one, and what a shortstop he is. 54 games this year without an error at shortstop from the Chicago Cubs, Don Kessinger, hitting 2.98. In right field, and he has been around All-Star games many times before, Hank Aaron of the Atlanta Braves, hitting a 327. He's got 24 home runs this year. And batting cleanup, the man who leads the National League in home runs from the San Francisco Giants, first baseman Willie McCuff, 30 home runs, a 325 batting average. Ron Santo of the Cubs will be at third base. 20 home runs, leads the National League in RBIs with 84. Ron's batting average, 295. Making his first appearance, Cleon Jones of the New York Mets, hitting 341, and Jones is happy to be here, and of course the Mets are happy to be where they are in the National League standings. Batting seventh, Johnny Bent, the youngster, the catcher from Cincinnati, who thought he might have to go back to military duty, but did get an extension on his 24-hour pass, and so he will catch today. Felix Vion will be at second base from the Atlanta Braves. Vion having a great year, hitting 274, 38 RBI. And Steve Carlin, as Sandy told you, 12 and 5 on the year, leads the National League with his own average of 1.65. Will be the pitcher. Here you hear, and it's a hometown cheer for Frank Howard of the Washington Senators, just introduced. And of course, this game is coming to you from Robert F. Kennedy Memorial Stadium in Washington. And Howard is getting a standing ovation. Knowing Frank, having played with him, all I can tell you about Frank right now is he is embarrassed during this. Uh, he's one of the most bashful of people and just a great guy, and I think he's embarrassed a little bit by the standing ovation. Pleased, too, I'm sure. And if there's a man that was glad there was a postponement last night, Sandy, it is Frank Howard, who had intestinal flu over the weekend. And last night's delay gave him one extra day of rest. Now for the American League. Rob Carew, who leads the league in batting, will lead it off, hitting at 364. So the league's leading batters are leading off for both the National and the American League. Carew, of course, from the Minnesota Twins. Batting second, and what a year he is having. Reggie Jackson of Oakland, playing center field. He has 37 home runs to lead the nation, hitting at 287. Frank Robinson, the only man to be most valuable player in both leagues, from the Baltimore Orioles and hitting 329 this year, will be in right field. And of course, he's now starting his second game as an all-star for the American League. He did the same thing for the National League, and that is another record for Frank. Boog Powell hitting just under 300 at 299, 86 RBIs, 24 home runs. The first baseman from Baltimore will bat clean up. Howard, and you just heard the standing ovation for Hondo, as they call him, 34 home runs, 73 RBIs, and 313 is batting average. Salvando, to some a surprise, from Oakland will be at third base, nosing out Brooks Robinson. 18 home runs, 64 RBIs. Rico Petroselli of Boston at shortstop. Bill Freehand of Detroit at catcher. And Mel Stottlemyre of New York, the pitcher. The announcement now for the vice president of the United States, Bill Agnew, who will enter through 
and is now stepping up the American League dugout steps and onto the field. David Eisenhower, the son-in-law of the president, is with him. Along with other aides, as President Nixon is now winging his way west. The president said at a reception this afternoon, some suggested he might leave in the fifth inning, and Mr. Nixon said, I am a true baseball fan. I'm going to stay for the whole game. The problem was, last night's game was rained out. It is cloudy and overcast here today. And there is the possibility of showers throughout the afternoon. The umpires have now taken the field. And now the United States Navy Band. They will play the national anthem, and afterwards there will be a prayer for our returning astronauts, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Thompson. and WNBC-FM, New York. This is Charlie Brown. Spend your summer with me. Weekdays, 3 to 7 p.m., right here. In New York, WNBC. This is the place, the summertime place. 660, RT, the success shape. Overall acceleration champ at this year's Union Pure Oil Performance Trials. Shape up with Dodge Charger. Charger's the name makes the others obtain a shot on you need. So keep it in. We pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the place for Joe O'Brien. Weekday mornings, 5 to 9. WNBC, Radio 660, and WNBC FM, New York. Sandy Koufax for this, the 40th annual All-Star Baseball Game. Vice 
President Agnew has thrown out the first pitches to National League catcher Johnny Bench of Cincinnati and American League catcher Bill Freehan of Detroit. Along with him in the uh, box, as we said, not only David Eisenhower, but Tricia Nixon, not Julie, David's wife, but Tricia Nixon, and owner of the Washington Senators, Robert Short. And along, of course, the Commissioner of Baseball, Bowie Kuhn. Mayo Smith of Detroit, Red Shandeast of the National League champion St. Louis Cardinals, are meeting now with the umpires, who today are behind the plate, John Red Flaherty of the American League. At first base, Augie Donatelli of the National League. At second base, Bob Stewart of the American League. At third base, the veteran Tom Gorman of the National League. Along the left field line, as the lights have just been turned on here at Overcast Kennedy Stadium, Marty Springstead of the American League, and for Marty, this is his first all-star game, and I'm sure quite a thrill. Along the right field line is Tony Benson of the National League. And the National League, of course, will bat first against Mel Stottlemyre. Somewhat of a surprise today, Denny McLean flew home last night for what he said was necessary dental work that took place at 7 a.m. Detroit time this morning. The American League will bustle onto the field in just a moment and we'll find Boog Powell at first base, Rod Carew at second, Rico Petroselli at short, Sal Bando at third, Frank Howard in left, Reggie Jackson in center, Frank Robinson behind, around in right field, Bill Freehand behind the plate, and Mel Stottlemyre, the pitcher. And as they come out again and Stottlemyre, Sandy Koufax will take his warm-ups in a few moments. Again, a word about the surprise starter for the American League today, Mr. Stottlemyre, as the American League bustles on the field. Jim, as we said earlier, uh, Mel is a great pitcher, fine pitcher. It's, it's only a surprise because Denny didn't uh, insist on starting, but I guess Mayo Smith uh, figured that it was best to give him a little bit more rest. Stottlemyer is what we call a sinker-slider type pitcher. He has the good stuff that he keeps very low. He has fine control. He makes a lot of hitters hit the ball on the ground, which is uh, a very good thing in this ballpark. Uh, it's always a little slow in the infield, wet, especially after the rain. The infield will be slow, and it's awfully tough for the hitters to get the ball past the infielder. So, Stottlemyer has always fished well here at Washington, especially against Washington, but uh, he seems to like this ballpark, so he probably is capable of doing a very fine job today. He'll be facing Matty Alou of the Pittsburgh Pirates, who leads the National League with a 354 batting average. Don Kessinger of the Chicago Cubs and Hank Aaron here in the top of the first inning. And remember that this is an American League ballpark, Kennedy Stadium in Washington, and the predominant cheers here today will be for the underdog American League, which has lost 10 of its last 11, its last six in a row. And hello to you from Washington, not only to the folks here in the United States, but via Armed Forces Radio, we're being shortwaved to Americans living abroad and our servicemen in Vietnam, the Far East, Latin America, and Europe. We hope you enjoy this, the 40th annual All-Star Baseball game from Washington, D.C. High humidity, very slight breeze, and the temperature about 80 degrees. Rain is forecasted. Rained for more than an hour before the game. But we're going to get started, Sandy. Olu steps in, left-handed batter, against Stottlemyre. Stottlemyre likes to keep the ball low, and of course, Alou likes to chop the ball into the ground and try to beat the out. And with that in mind, Sal Bando, the third baseman of the Oakland Athletics, comes in on the grass at third base. Stottlemyre looking into his catcher, Bill Freehand of Detroit. The first pitch is on the way, and it's outside ball. And not thrown too hard, Sandy. Looks like he changed on the very first one. Jimmy threw a curveball the first pitch to Alou, but the whole infield is halfway. They're in a little bit. Looper over shortstop, and on the second pitch of the game, Alou has a base hit. 
Jim, watching that ball hit in the outfield today, it's going to be a little tough. The ball hit the ground and just died there. And after all the rain we've had in the last few days here in Washington, the outfield is going to be just a little tough to play, which could hurt the American League. They really don't have a center fielder in the lineup. Don Kessinger, switch hitting shortstop of the National League from the Chicago Cubs, hitting 298, steps in, not a power hitter. Don was a right-handed hitter, and in May of 1966, Tony Kubek of NBC and I were there at Wrigley Field when he trotted. it. He began to switch hit, and he has developed into a fine hitter. Again, halfway, Kessinger swings and fouls the first one off towards the National League dugout, and it's one-handed by a spectator along the sideline. Matty Alou at first base, hitting the 1-0 pitch. And as Harry Walker taught him, Alou... Not much of a hitter with the San Francisco Giants, and he won the batting championship in his first year with the Pirates under the tutelage of Harry the Hat Walker, going with the pitch. And he did that for a single to left. Got a one strike to Kessinger. The pitch is grounded toward Booth Powell. Fumbles the ball momentarily. Finally goes to Stottlebar, covering it first, and has Kessinger, who falls in the grass. Powell might have had a chance for a double play, but had a difficult time, Sandy, getting the ball out of his glove. Very definitely, Jim, and Matty Alou, who runs well, had to play. Once Boog bobbled it just a little bit, Matty had to play beat there, and it was awfully close at first. Kessinger fell, but he fell tripping over Stottlebyer at first base. They just did get Kessinger at first. Well, Alou is down at second base now, one out on the top of the first inning, no score, and Hank Aaron steps in. Aaron of the Atlanta Braves hitting 327, 24 home runs, 58 RBIs. And Hank has been around before. This is his 12th All-Star start. At his 18th game, he's tied with Ted Williams for third. Surprising thing is, Hank, with those quick wrists, has only one hit in All-Star play. A single. Outside to freehand. Blown away. Ball one. A muggy day in Washington, and you would not have believed the rain of last night. They had to pump out the American League dugout, and one area received more than 12 inches in the three-hour period. 1-0 pitch to Aaron. It gets away from Freehand. Alou's going to try for third. Throw by Freehand down there. Safe. Jim, that could also be a big factor in today's game. The National League has very good speed in their lineup. Freehand is a fine catcher, but he does not have the great arm of, say, a Johnny Bench for the National League. Freehand does a fine job behind the plate, but just physically, he hasn't been as gifted as some other catchers who do have the great arm. Now, Dick Young of the New York Daily News, Bob Addy of the Washington Post, and Merle Whittlesey of the Washington Star are the official scorers, but as of this moment, they have not scored whether or not that is a pass ball on Freehand, a wild pitch, or a stolen base. Got to take a guess. 2-0 to Aaron. Swing and a miss, strike one. One to Aaron, one out to Lou at third base. And they're saying that this will not be a low-scoring ballgame. The last three have been, but they don't figure here. High in the air, toward left field. Howard comes in, eight or ten steps, goes to his right. Now is on the dead run for it, has lost it. Lost it, and Lou will score. Down the second base goes Aaron, and he is safe. Yeah, there's a little bit of a tough play there. Frank lost the ball. And on his way in, he tore up a great big clod of dirt in the outfield. And he looked like he slipped a little just at the time he got to the ball. That is an error on Frank 
Howard. No run batted in for Hank Aaron. It is one to nothing, the National League. One out, and Aaron is camped at second base. And here comes Willie McCovey. 30 home runs. First baseman of the San Francisco Giants. 79 RBIs. A 325 batting average. As Mel Stottlemyre, who gave up a single to Matty Lou on the second pitch of the game, has been victimized. Powell couldn't get a ball out of his glove to make the play at second base. Possible double play. Frank Howard has dropped one in left field, and it's one to nothing, and Stottlemyre and the American League are behind. And here's the dangerous McCovey. He can rifle that ball and takes strike one. Jim, this is the... McCovey's the kind of hitter that might give Stottlemyre a lot of trouble. McCovey's a low-ball hitter. Stottlemyre's a low-ball pitcher. The pitcher has to go with his strength, but uh, he's got a problem. This is a big hitter for him to get out here. Hey, Bristol of Cincinnati, the manager coaching at first. Leo DeRocher, the Cubs, coaching at third. Ball is fouled off to the left into the stands, and it's two strikes to Willie McCovey. McCovey was one of those who was on last year's All-Star. Team also as a starter. He'll be followed by Ron Santo. This is a ballpark, as I started to say, in which the baseball usually travels very far and very well. But it is a muggy and humid day. It could slow it down somewhat. But they expect a lot of runs. Right now, it's one to nothing. the National League. McCovey waits on the 0-2 pitch, grounds the ball towards second base. Rock Crew is there and flips over to first to Boog Powell. going on to third is Hank Aaron. They are two down with Ron Santo, the batter. Sando, 20 home runs, leads the National League in RBIs with 84, and his batting average, 295. One to nothing to score the National League, one run, one hit, no errors. The American League hasn't come to bat yet, but on the scoreboard it shows one two-base error that allowed a run to score by Frank Howard, the hometown favorite, in left field. Howard started in slowly, then accelerated, and didn't quite get to it, got his glove on the ball, and it dropped off. Sando ducks away from a pitch that wasn't all that inside. When Alou went to third base, it has been judged as a wild pitch. So Alou reached on a single, went to second on the ground out by Kessinger, to third on a wild pitch, and scored on the two-base error by Frank Howard, and the ball hit by Henry Aaron. Ground ball, chance for Bando at third, backs up, now rifles across the foul at first, and the American League is out of the inning, but not before the National League scores. On Alou's single... Ground out, wild pitch, and came in on the air, and in the middle of the first, it's the National League one, the American League nothing. Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax. It's Rod Carew, the first batter for the American League, steps in, and it looks like we've got some sunshine. Steve Carlton, the pitcher, inside ball one. Willie McCovey of the Giants at first base. Felix Viana, the Braves at second base. Don Kessinger and Ron Santo at shortstop and third base, both from the Cubs. Pitch to Carew. Foul tipped. It is one and one. In the outfield, Cleon Jones of the Mets in left. Matty Alou of the Pirates in center. Hank Aaron of the Braves in right. Johnny Bench is behind the plate. And Carlton, the pitcher, with a one to nothing lead. And it's one and one to Carew. Leads the American League in batting with two, 364. Lines this ball to left over quickly as Cleon Jones one away. Jim, we talked about the amount of rest that Carlton has had earlier. He's had seven days. This probably won't affect the kind of stuff he has. He has good stuff, and the extra rest isn't going to hurt that. It could affect his control a little bit. Uh, having been rained out on Sunday, possibly not having had a chance to throw since but maybe Friday of last week, that could affect his control in this game. 
Reggie Jackson in, hits the first pitch, pops it up. It may make the stands. Over quickly comes Ron Santo near the stands and has it. And on the first pitch, 37 home run hitter, Reggie Jackson is retired on a fine play by Santo, who had to put his glove up between several outstretched hands of the fans. That'll bring up Frank Robinson in this one nothing ball game. Last of the first inning, National League is leading. 329 Frank's average, 22 home runs, 64 RBIs. And thus far, Steve Carlton has faced two left-handers. Robinson is his first. And Steve has only thrown three pitches and has two men retired. Robinson, the right-handed batter, stepping in against Carlton. Steve throws a breaking pitch, and it's ball one, inside. Big Boog Pal hopes that he gets a chance to bat, standing in the on-deck circle. Carlton ready again, throws fastball, and it's strike two as Robinson took a big cut. Or rather, strike one. One and one to Frank Robinson. Alvin Dark of the Cleveland Indians, manager there, is coaching at third base today, and Earl Weaver, and aren't his Baltimore Royals doing something, coaching at first. Fouled off by Robinson, it's one and two. Frank Robinson's one of the big reasons why Earl Weaver's team in the Eastern Division of the American League is leading everybody else by 11 games. The National League has that unearned run, top of this inning. American League trying to get something started, and Robinson is caught out on a breaking pitch on the inside corner. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left at the end of one. The National League won, the American League nothing. At Kennedy Stadium in Washington, Jim Simpson speaking, and Sandy Colfax, that error charge to Frank Howard that has allowed the only run was indeed, it did not look at it at the time, but looking at the flags, a difficult play. Jim, uh, it was a difficult play on the fact that Frank has played here all year, and he doesn't expect uh, balls hit like that not to carry out to left field. The flag is blowing straight in from left toward the first base dugout, third base, first base dugout, and I think it held that ball up, and in addition, Frank slipped. But uh, that's just what happened to Stottlemyre. Uh, he didn't have a ball hit hard, yet he's behind one to nothing. Here's Cleon Jones, cross town from Stottlemyre, the Yankees. Cleon's with the Mets, hitting 341, 10 home runs, 56 RBIs, and having a wonderful year. Swings on the first pitch. Petroselli makes a dive, flips to Carew, one hands at the first base. Despite the fine play, he's safe base hit. But that is all star play, and listen to the crowd. Jim, this is a totally different crowd. It's really not partisan. They're here to root a little bit for the American uh, League, but they're here to see great baseball, and they applaud everybody and everything. Here could be, according to many baseball pundits, the future superstar of the National League of tomorrow. He is already an all-star. Johnny Bench, the catcher of Cincinnati, hitting at 317, 12 home runs, 47 RBIs, a youngster from Oklahoma, who yesterday met the President of the United States, and today caught the first pitch from the Vice President of the United States. Almost went for the pitch on the outside corner, which is a called strike. Jones, at first base, is a threat to steal. Boog Powell is holding him on. And Stottlemyre looking in. The lights have been on. There is a wind blowing. Rain is forecast, light showers for this afternoon. We had one before the game. Next pitch is low from Stottlemyre, who is a sinker ball pitcher. And that's one and one. The Navy band is seated out. Well, they could be hit by a ball because they're seated behind the fence in fair territory in right field. And with folks like McCovey, could be problems. 
Blue Moon Odom looks to be warming up as Bent swings and misses. Odom having a great year also for the Oakland A's. Warming up and could be the second pitcher. Marichal of the National League. Some question whether or not he will go today. He has blisters on his hand. One and two now to bench with Jones at first. None out. One to nothing the National League. We're in the second inning in the All-Star Game in Washington. Three-quarter motion. This one is laced but foul. Deep in the left field seats. Bench does have power. As we said, 12 home runs on the year. And, Jim, I'd have to say that Johnny Bench has the finest arm of any catcher in baseball. Uh, I don't think there's another catcher I have ever seen, possibly at any time, who had the ability to throw the ball as hard. Maybe uh, there have been some who have been just as accurate, but he has this great arm. Stottlemyre has the sign now. Here's the 1-2 pitch to Johnny Bench. Jones is on the way, and there's a ball this time in fair territory. Howard going back, looking up. It is in the mezzanine. A two-run home run for Johnny Bench. And it's 3 to nothing to National League. Jim, you talking before the ball game about people having trouble with their bosses and possibly not being able to get to the game. Well, Johnny Bench got permission from the first sergeant, and all of a sudden he's at a home run and driven in two runs here in the second inning. Well, right now, you have nearly as many runs as have been scored in the last two All-Star games. Two years ago, it was 2-1. to one. Last year, it was 1-0. Already, it is 3 to nothing. The National League here is Felix Mion. Still nobody out. Mion with five home runs. 274, right-handed batter. Hits the first pitch on one hop to Boog Powell, who steps on first, and there's one out. up Steve Carlton, who is not only a fine pitcher with his 1.65 earned run average that leads the National League, but Carlton, who is not yet out of the dugout, is a pretty good hitter at yes. 2.04. Yes, he is, Jim, and I'm sure what happened to Steve is he's used to playing with the ball club, and he knows whose helmet he wears. Pitchers don't have their own helmets or their own bats, so he goes and he probably gets one from somebody on his team that he knows. came here, probably couldn't find a helmet to fit or a bat that he liked. <laughs> The scoreboard in right center field says National League, three runs, three hits, no errors. The American League, no runs, no hits, one error. We're in the last of the second. Much more wind across the top of the stadium than there is within the stadium, although there is a good amount of breeze, thankfully, swirling around. Carlton, like he throws, is a left-handed batter and takes low ball one from Mel Stottlemyre. Denny McLean scheduled to start today. At a dental point, but this morning in Detroit, got back but did not start. Stottlemyre's behind three to nothing. There's a swinging strike to Carlton. First run was unearned. Alou reached on a single, went to second on a ground out, to third on a wild pitch, and scored when Howard dropped Aaron's top fly in left. But these last two have been base hits. Swing and a miss, or I should say foul ball by Carlton. It's one and two. Jones had an infield hit to lead it off, and Johnny Bench hit a one and two pitch into the mezzanine in left field. And it's three to nothing. It is human. Stottlemyre takes time to wipe his brow. One and two the count with one out, none on. Swings at a low pitch and Carlton strikes out. That's the second out of the second inning. And the first strikeout for Stottlemyre. You can hear the crowd buzz. Danny said it is a nonpartisan crowd, but it is a Washington, D.C. crowd, and they're well aware that the National League has won for the last six years, 10 of the last 11, and they're well aware that the American League and the many American leaguers here would like to do something about it. They're down three to nothing. 
is Matty Alou, who singled and scored the first run. This one, he fouls off to the left. Alou chops, or I should say chokes up on that bat quite a bit, tries to punch the ball or hit down on it, hit it into the grass, and on a day like today, where it'll slow down quite a bit, he could beat it out. Sal Bando of Oakland in again at third base. One strike pitch is low, one and one. star game has ever been canceled before. Last night's was postponed until today and we're getting it in. The 40th annual. Low again to Alou. It's 2-1. And, and on Monday night at one of the hotels in Washington, the 100th anniversary dinner of Major League Baseball. And quite an event that was. And many, if not all, are those who put in an appearance there. Bill Dickey, Charlie Garinger, Joe DiMaggio are all here. Ground ball foul. Dave Bristol, the coach at first base, takes a wave at it and lets it go out to the fence. It's 2-2. Joe DiMaggio, the greatest living center fielder ever. Plus, the greatest American League center fielder. Here's another ball punched into center field, and you see now why Matty Alou leads the majors in hitting with 354. He's 2-for-2 two two here, and each time he has simply met the ball, Sandy, and lined it over the infield. Very definitely, Jim. That's all Alou tries to do is make contact, but Stottlemyre's having a little trouble. He has to keep the ball down to be effective, and he's been getting the ball up quite a bit. Uh, this pitch that Alou just hit, the home run by bench, we're all on high fastballs, and that's not the way Mel Stottlemyre wants to pitch. With Alou at first base, there are two out, two runs in in this game. We're to nothing the National League. We're just in the last of the second. Here's Don Kessinger. The ground of the ball to Powell. It might have been a double play ball, but Boone couldn't get it out of his glove. Had to settle to get the man at first base. And now, Stottlemyre, there's a low pitch, throws over to first base. He didn't want it to be that low. And very nearly got by Boone Powell. Alou has a great amount of speed. Kessinger batting left-handed against the right-handed Mel Stottlemyre. And away. It's 1 0 to Kessinger. Moved out at first, Rod Carew at second, Petroselli at short, Bando at third, Howard in left, Jackson in center, Robinson in right, freehand behind the plate, and Stottlemyre the pitcher. The starters have to go three innings, barring injury or a pitching change, of course. Ground ball to Powell, it is fair, he will step on third, and that's it. Two runs on two hits, or rather three hits, no errors, and one left. In the middle of the second, the National League, three, the American League, nothing. This is Sid Collins, the voice of the Indianapolis 500-mile race, here in Victory Lane, interviewing this year's winner, Mario Andretti. Mario, congratulations for turning in a record-breaking speed of 156.867 miles per hour. And during the running of the event, when did you really feel you had it all wrapped up? As soon as I crossed the finish line on a 200th lap. I understand you had SCP oil treatment in your machine the whole winning way to the finish line. Well, I think that uh, helped us tremendously, especially in cooling the engine uh, on a hot day such as it was today. Mario Andretti enters victory lane for the very first time in his career for Andy Granatelli, who did likewise in the STP oil treatment special. Mario, how did you do it? See, all I can say is my Ford engine had more STP in it than anybody else's. Drivers, take a tip from Indianapolis 500-mile winner Mario Andretti. Have your service station at STP to your oil. STP is the racer's edge. The American League now tries to get into the ballgame, trailing 3 to nothing in the last of the second. Who? Powell with 24 home runs and 86 RBIs. 
The base, Steve Carlton. Powell, of course, the left-handed batter, again against the left-handed Carlton. Carlton's first pitch is a breaking pitch, and it's just low, ball one. Frank Howard with 34 home runs, Sal Bando with 18 to follow, and this the last of the second. Howard has stepped out on deck already. Carlton's next pitch hit off the fists. Out of the short center field, Alou is playing very deep. Out goes Kessinger. In comes Alou. Alou makes a falling down catch. He is out and throws to second base in time to have gotten Powell if he dropped the ball. for Matty Alou and also for Frank Howard. Howard, bothered by intestinal virus last weekend, steps in, sees a breaking pitch first, and it's a strike. On the hand. One out on the last of the second. Right back again with a breaking pitch. This one is low and inside, one and one. Howard this year has been trying to wait on the pitch longer. And punch it more for base hits to all fields. The power he has takes care of itself. And he has wound up with 34 home runs. Deep center field, look out. Good hit the upper deck. And does. Rookie of the Year with the Los Angeles Dodgers of the National League. Sandy, you were his teammate. You've seen him hit a lot of them, but that's the way he hits them here. Jim, well, Carlton tried to throw him the curveball and got behind him, then had to come in with the fastball, and Frank just ripped it into center field. That ball, they'll measure it, I'm sure, but it's 410 feet to straightaway center, and it was in the mezzanine, far up the wall, about 60 feet. Bando has strike one on him and swings and misses for strike two. Bando, the third baseman, 18 home runs, 64 RBIs with Oakland, hitting a 294. 3-1 the score now, the National League, and maybe the portent of things to come. That indeed, there will be many more runs scored in this All-Star game than in the last three. Breaking pitch, lined off to the right by Bando. It's still 0-2. Jim, I think when Howard was hitting, you see the importance of getting ahead of the hitter. Carlton tried to throw two curveballs for strikes, missed with both, then he had to come in with the fastball. Breaking ball here, hit right back to Carlton, who will throw to Willie McCovey at first, and Bando is out by 30 feet. And that'll bring up Rico Petroselli. Petroselli, the Boston shortstop, got off to quite a start. 25 home runs, 55 RBIs. He's hitting a 309. If there's been any slowing in the prowess of Rico, it has been a field where his throwing arm is again beginning to cause him some trouble. Breaking pitch. It's high to Petroselli from Carlton. Two out. Howard has hit that home run starting for the second year. That's his first hit as an all-star. Carlton right back. Breaking pitch on the inside corner, one and one. Three runs, four hits, no errors for the National League. One run, one hit, and one error for the American. Howard, who allowed a run, dropping a ball in left field, has gotten that run back. One and one pitch from Carlton. Swing and a miss, and it's strike two. Well, this afternoon, and let's hope the rain holds off right now. Crossing my fingers, I say, it looks as though 
no rain is imminent, we can get this game in. A lot of excitement coming up outside with the pitches Carlton. It's 2-2. All of the regular starters, you probably know the rules, must go three innings. They can stand as long as they want. The pitchers can't go more than three unless it's an extra inning ball game. 2-2, low, gets away from Bench, who drops over to pick it up, and it's 3-2, and two, and this is the first 3-2 and two count for the game. Very definitely, Jim, and I think after Frank gets that ball, uh, Carlton might just be pressing a little bit. Uh, somehow or other, those long home runs have a tendency to shake you up a little bit. You try a little harder, and then maybe you miss. Foul tip the other night. Vinegar Ben Mizell, former pitcher with the Cardinals, and now a congressman from North Carolina, said that he would like to investigate some of those lunar granules brought back by our astronauts from the moon. He said, I'm sure some of the balls that I threw for home runs were up there. 3-2, and he strikes out. One run on Howard's mammoth home run. One hit. No errors, none left. At the end of two, the National League three, the American League one. Robert F. Kennedy Stadium, Memorial Stadium in Washington, D.C. Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax. Mel Stottlemyre is out of the ballgame. He worked two innings, gave up three runs. Two of those were earned. Four hits, struck out one, and walked nobody. And Blue Moon Odom of the American the Mound to warm up, Sandy. Jim Odom's had a fine year for the American League uh, Oakland club. He's 14-3 on the year. He's got an ERA of 2.35, which is very fine. Uh, Odom's got good stuff, but I, you can say that, I guess, about every pitcher in this ball game. None of them uh, would have gotten here without good stuff. He's got a sinking fastball, so he's got a fine curveball and slider. If Odom has had any trouble, he walks uh, maybe one or two men too many, but uh, he's got pretty good control and great stuff. He'll be facing Hank Aaron, Willie McCovey, and Ron Sando. And that's welcome to the All-Star Game for Blue Moon Odom. Of course, Aaron and Sando are righties, and Willie McCovey, with all that power, is a left-handed hitter. We pause 30 seconds for station identification. If something goes wrong with your washing machine, you know you're safer calling a washer repairman, not a jack-of-all-trades handyman. It's the same when something goes wrong with your car's transmission. You're safer with Amco. Amco fixes only transmissions, nothing else. Every one of the 550 Amco centers is a specialist with special tools and specially trained Amco men. So if something goes wrong with your transmission, pull in at the Amco sign, double A-M-C-O. Remember, you're safer with Amco. WNBC, AM and FM, New York. Hank Aaron, whose wind-blown high fly to short left was dropped by Frank Howard back in the first inning, scoring a Lou from third base, is the batter to lead off the third inning for the National League. The difference in the game has been Johnny Bench's two-run homer, and by the way, both home runs have been well hit. Bench is into the mezzanine and left, and Howard's into the mezzanine in deep center field. Three to one to score, Aaron stepping in, 24 home runs on the year. Lumon Odom ready for his first all-star pitch. Ground ball, base hit to left field. Aaron has a base hit. Howard is in, picks it up one-handed, and throws to the cutoff man, Petroselli. Aaron is on at first, and big Willie McCovey. Leading the National League with 30 home runs. Steps into the batter's box. Jim, these two squads have quite a contrast. The American League has hit many more home runs, over 100 more home runs than the National League squad, but the National League squad has a much higher batting average as a team. McCovey swings on the first pitch, fouls it to Dave Bristol, the manager of the Reds, who's coaching at first, and he keeps the ball in the game. Now 
Ball of Baltimore at first. Carew of Minnesota at second. Petroselli of Boston at short. Bando of Oakland at third. Howard of Washington in left. Jackson of Oakland in center. Robinson of Baltimore in right. Freehand of Detroit, the catcher. And the second American League pitcher, Blue Moon Odom of the Oakland Athletics. One strike pitch to McCovey. This one is low from Odom. It's one and one. On deck is Ron Santo. Well, I used to say the team that's in first place at All-Star time goes on to win the pennant. But remember this, for the first year, we have divisional playoffs, and the All-Star game is two weeks later than normal. Autumn is ready. Ground ball again. Foul to the right. One and two. Three runs, five hits, no errors for the National League. One run, one hit, and one error for the American League. And we have activity again in the American League bullpen. Denny McLean, scheduled to start in Detroit this morning for that dental appointment, has gotten up and started to throw in the American League bullpen. One and two to count the McCovey with Odom staring in at his catcher, Bill Freehand, starting another game for the American League All-Stars. Ball hit deep to right field. Looking is Jackson. This one is gone. Off high the scoreboard. And it is five to one. Give everybody talked about this game, said it was not going to be a low-scoring game. Well, I guess the experts pretty knew, much knew what they were talking about. Uh, balls hit very hard in this ballgame. Paul McCovey just hit. That was just a line drive that, that never came down. Went right up against the scoreboard. And of course, Sandy was to the left, much to the left of the mark in uh, right center field, which says 378 feet. So it is five to one, the National League. Here's Ron Santo, granted the third. Autumn a little upset, puts this ball in the dirt and pass freehand, and it's one and zero to Santo. This could be one of those high-scoring games. Last year it was one to nothing. The last two years two to one. Already it is five to one. But there is a similarity. Here's a ground ball. Petroselli backing it short throws on the first to Kyle Lothrow, but they're in plenty of time for the first out of the National League third. I was going to say before Jim that Mayo Smith may use a pitch hitter next inning when he had McLean warming up, but now I'm sure down four runs he'll definitely go with the pinch hitter. This will probably be Odom's only inning in the ball game. Leon Jones, who got on with a base hit, a magnificent stop by Petroselli, who flipped to Carew, who threw to first, but Jones beat it out for the base hit. Jones, in his first All-Star game, has a base hit, one for one, and up for the second time. Well, I said that there are many similarities, or unusual things, as opposed to scoring here in the last three games, but the similarity is the National League is on top again. Outside and low from Odom, it's 1-0. They've won 10 of the last 11, their last six in a row. And since 1949, have won 17 and lost only five. 1-0 pitch to Jones is low, and it's 2-0. Carlton has one more inning to throw, of course. He has a three-run lead, could be the winning pitcher, and as yet the second National League pitcher has yet to begin to throw. Four-run lead, I'm sorry. Ground ball to Petroselli. Off his foot. And Jones is safe at first base. And they're the first boos we have heard today. Well, I'm sorry I said that this was an impartial crowd, Jim. I guess they really are rooting for the American League. The second error of the day and the second charge to the American League squad. With one out and two runs already in. 
one to score. Johnny Bench with a one-two pitch into the mezzanine seats in left field. Steps in this time to face Odom. His home run came off the starter, Mel Stottlemyre. From Odom, ball one. Bench stands right in the middle of the batter's box. But equidistant from front and back. And not too close to the plate and not far away from it. Keeps swinging the bat as he stares out at Odom for the 1-0 pitch. Jones slight lead at first base. The throw is on the outside corner. Strike one. There have been a lot of pennants around here. Hit it here, Reggie. Hit it here, Frank. Who's going to be first? And in center field, this is the truth. Very near where Howard hit it, there was a flag that said, with a bullseye on it, who's to be first, Reggie or Frank? It was Frank, at least in center field. Three home runs thus far in the game. One one pitch. Nope. It's a check at first base by Odom. And Jones is back in plenty of time. Ready again. This one, a breaking pitch. It's down low, and it's two and one. Two runs have scored on homers by Bench at bat now, and by Willie McCup. One for Washington. It's Frank Howard. The only run for the American League. Five to one. Change up, and it's lined in the right field, and Bench keeps on hitting around. Second base goes Cleon Jones, and the ball dies in the outfield. It is wet. Robinson picks it up, throws it to Boog Powell, men on first and third with one out. And, of course, the man on third base is Jones, who reached on the air. Jim, so far, this has gone all the National League's way. There have been balls hit very hard, but there have been some that haven't. The last one here by Bench was hit on the end of the bat, and it just got over the head of the infielders and just died on the grass. So far, the National League's had it that way, but it's a long way to go, and that could turn around before the day is over. One out, and the infield out double play depth. The men at first and third. And Felix Mion, who grounded to Powell, unassisted, is at the plate and takes low from Odom, ball one. Mion last time hit the first pitch. This time he stared at a low pitch. National League got a run in the first, two in the second, and two here in the third. Odom comes back low, free hand, blocks it, keeps it in front of him. No advance by the runners. 2-0. Odom now stares out to center field. Now looks over towards left and takes a deep breath before he stares into free hand. Odom is ready and throws. Ground ball foul at the plate. Comes back toward the screen. And again is one-handed by one of the fans leaning over the railing. Two and one. Well, win or lose, Sandy, and the score is now five to one in the National League, we can say we are only glad that the weather relented to allow us to see this 40th annual All-Star Game in Washington on the occasion of the 100th anniversary of Major League Baseball. 2-1 pitch from Odom. Ground ball, bounding, and it is fair ball over the head of Bando, down along the left field line. One run it is. It's 6-1 to one to score. Bench comes around second. Howard has time picking up the ball, and Bench will score. And down to second goes Felix Mion, and it is 7-1. to one. 
And that's the kind of thing I was talking about before. That ball was just a ground ball. It hit the ground, took one very high hop, went over Sal Bando's head and down the left field line. It was not a ball hit hard, but it counts as a double and drove in two runs for Mian. 7-1 the score. Seven runs on eight hits. And no errors for the National League. And here is Steve Carlton, who stands to benefit. And if Carlton is not the winning pitcher today, this is going to be one of the wildest all-star games you have ever seen. He's got a six-run lead. Beyond down at second. Odom stares him back. Nobody is there to take the throw. Howard went into the corner and just didn't come up with the ball. And now Freehand calls time and runs out to talk to Odom. And now a left-hander gets up and also starts throwing for the American League. Looks like Daryl Knowles of Washington. And Knowles is warming pretty quickly. McLean sits down. Buzz goes up from the crowd as they realize it is Knowles, another Washingtonian, throwing in the bullpen. Odom ready now to throw to Carlton, who is a good hitter. Fouls this one off. Upstairs to the left. Strike one. been two-run homers by Bench and McCovey and a two-run double by Felix Mian on a ball that hit in the infield. Took a kangaroo hop. And Springstead along the left field line and Gorman, the National League umpire at third base, both were calling it fair ball all the way and it was. Low and away from Odom. To Carlin. And it's one and one. Well, they were tired, Sandy, of these low-scoring ball games. And this is not one, and we have still got six and a half innings to go. Odom ready. Ball hit out to left field. Back goes Reggie Jackson trying to catch up. He won't do it. And the eighth run will score, and Carlin has a double. He said he's a good hitter. He's not only a good hitter, but he has got a seven-run lead. Jim, I'm sure Mayo Smith from the dugout sent both Bando and Powell in to talk to Odom to give Knowles a little time to get ready in the bullpen. Uh, Knowles is a relief pitcher, has been for a long time, and I'm sure it wouldn't take him too long to get ready. Mayo Smith at last on his way out. I say at last, at least that's what the fans feel by their applause and cheers when he begins to appear. There is still only one out. There should be two outs. Jones, who scored another unearned run. There have been two unearned runs and six earned. Now they're calling in Darrell Knowles. Holden was allowed four runs earned, one unearned. Has not even worked an inning, only a third of an inning. Struck out nobody, gave up no walks, and walked four. And it will be Darrell Knowles for the Washington Senators. Five hits for Blue Bonotto. Knowles 
used to be in the National League with the Philadelphia Phillies and came in a trade from Philadelphia to Washington for Don Locke. Knowles, until June of this year, was in the armed forces in Japan. He came back and is now getting a standing ovation as he is brought up toward the pitcher's mound in the cart. Knowles will step out in front of the American League dugout and will pause now to tell you that down the right field line, 335 feet, 378 to right center, 410 to dead center, 381 to left center, and 335 again down the left field lines. I think we gave you the umpires, the band of six that are working this game. The American League umpires are John Red Flaherty behind the plate, Bob Stewart at second, Marty Springstead along the left field line. From the National League, Augie Donatelli at first base, Tom Gorman at third, and Tony Benson along the right field line. But the story now, Sandy Koufax, is... I know it can be done, but is it often done, overcoming a seven-run lead in just the third inning. Applause, of course, for Darryl Noles. Jim, it's awfully tough. Uh, during the season, you say, well, you can come back. But in ball games like this, you've got some great pitchers sitting there in the bullpen, and it makes it awfully tough. Of course, you do have some great hitters in the lineup. Uh, I remember a ball game in... Minneapolis in 1965, the All-Star game, where the National League jumped out way out in front and scored, I think, five or six runs very early in the ballgame, maybe even in the first inning. But before it was over, it turned out to be a one-run ball game in the ninth inning. So these two clubs, uh, there is such great talent on the field, both pitching and hitting, that anything is possible. Knowles has a 2.03 earned run average since coming out of the service. He has won four and lost one. And it's one of the reasons why Ted Williams' crew is playing above the 500 mark for the first time in years and years here in late July. Knowles now must face Matty Alou. Knowles is a left-hander. So is Alou. And Matty is two for two. First time he's faced a left-hander today. Looks like the National League, as is a low pitch to Alou, is warming up Mr. Robert Gibson. Which can hardly be good news to the American League hitters or fans. 1-0 to Alou. 8-1 to the score. The National League. We are in the top of the third. Holds ready again. Changes on a breaking pitch, which is outside. Freehand held it there for a moment, but Red Flaherty of the American League says, no, sir. It's ball two. Well, we had thunder and lightning of a different sort last night, but there's been plenty of it here today. Not of the weather's making. Knowles is right back, and this time he misses just inside. Carlin, of course, is stationed down on second base with his double, well hit, to left center field. And that was enough for manager Mayo Smith. 3-0 now, as Knowles has missed on three straight pitches. And only on the first was he far off the mark. Lou's waiting on it, and it's strike one. runs in in this inning. Ground ball, a chance for Carew, charges it and flips to Powell as moving on to third is Carlin and there are now two outs. So Darrell Knowles worked the National League and the Major League's leading hitter Matty Alou is two for two today to 3-0, got him on 3-1. and one. 
And then got him on the ground ball to Carew with Carlton moving on to third. Now the ninth man to bat, Don Kessinger, has grounded to Powell first, but both times is a left-handed hitter against the right-hander, Stottlemyre. And now he's batting right-handed and grounds the first pitch to Petroselli, who's up with it and throws on the first base nine men batter. And five runs score on five hits and one error and one man left. In the middle of the third, the National League eight, the American League one. thousand people will be killed on America's highways. If you're driving right now, think about it. At the Hartford, we think about it all the time. I don't know. Why? Illinois, 48. Indiana, 30. Iowa, 16. This is why we support safety programs that would get the drunk, the tailgater, the speeder, all the reckless drivers off the highways. We want to make the roads safer for you. 17. Michigan, 41. Minnesota, 18. Insurance by the height. We try to keep 25. Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax from Robert F. Kennedy Memorial Stadium in Washington. It is 8-2 on the National League. We're in the last of the third. Bill Freehand, the batter, for the first time today. The catcher from Detroit hitting at 249. Then we will have a pinch hitter for Daryl Knowles, who got the job done. It'll be the Major League's leading RBI man, Harmon Killebrew of the Minnesota Twins, who is on deck right now. But for the moment, it is Freehand. Facing Carlton is trying to last out this inning. There's low ball one is three, and if he gets out without further damage, he will be leaving the ball game with an excellent chance to win it, leading by seven runs, having driven in one himself with a double. Back to freehand, it is high, and it's two and all. Bob Gibson continues to warm up, so Red Shandings apparently is going with two of his own men. Here in the National League game, as the one-two punch. Long drive from Freehand. Look out. It's upstairs. And it's eight to two, Sammy. Here it begins to look like nobody's going to hit a cheap home run here today. All of them have gone upstairs. They've all been hit very hard. And uh, you're right, there are going to be a lot of runs scored in today's ballgame. Armand Killebrew stepping into bat for Darrell Knowles, hitting a 281, 28 home runs, and 91 RBIs. What kind of year is he going to have? Like one to Killebrew. Back with a big breaking pitch. It's one and one. Well, Daryl Knowles, the Washington product, came in, faced two batters, and got them both on ground outs to get the American League out of a big inning. But is now retired. Breaking pitches up high from Carlton. Maybe the chugging the second base on the double. Maybe the long wait on the top of the third has thrown him off. But he failed to retire freehand. That's an understatement. Bill hit a home run, and now he is two and one to Killebrew. Long drive, high in the air. This may be higher than anything we've seen. It is caught just 
just in front of the fence. And it's the height that did it with that win that pulled Frank Howard back in the first inning. And Armand Killebrew, Sandy Koufax, not hit that so high. It would have been deep in the second deck. Very definitely, Jim. You call that an all-star fly ball. That ball was hit so high that it did get up above the roof of the stands. And the wind did keep it from going out. Here's Rod Carew, line to left. Back in the first inning, and it's strike one. I don't think I've seen one hit that high in this ballpark. It looked like it was nearly above the lights. Carew swings and misses, and it's strike two. The score is eight to two. We're in the last of the third, and you've heard the statement before, but don't go away. Leon Jones simply went to the fence and stood there. He had... One chance outside and low to Carew, it's one and two, and that is if it came down, he could catch it. Otherwise, he could just sit there and watch it. And with the wind blowing, I'm sure Cleon didn't know, and we didn't know whether it was going to come down in the ballpark. Not an hour ready, working on his last inning. One and two pitch, and this one is very close, but it's two two. Jim, as high as the ball was that Killebrew had, I think Jones would have had time to open the bullpen gate and go out in there, <laughs> but I don't think it would have counted if he caught it in there. Out and back, working with a 2-2 count. Breaking pitch. Scooped into left field. Over comes Matty Alou. Got a lot of speed, and it's back farther than he thought, and he takes it on the dead run for the second out. Alou came over and then started back instead of taking the angle on the ball. So I think part of the problem there for Alou was the condition of the outfield. It's wet, it's soggy, and it's tough to change direction. It looked like he was just trying to sort of circle a little bit rather than try and make a quick change of direction and possibly fall down. Reggie Jackson, the batter, outside ball one. The American League has two hits. Home runs by Howard and Freehand. Off Carlton. Jackson, 37 home runs on the year. Fouled out. Santo made a fine play at the railing back in the first inning. Here's the low pitch. It's 2-0. Eight runs, nine hits, no errors for the National League. Two runs, two hits, two errors for the American. Out and ready for 2-0. Swing and a miss. Strike one. In 1951, and again in 1954, the All-Star game record for most home runs, duplicated both years by both clubs, six. And we have had four in this one. Jackson fouls it off. One by Bench, one by McCovey, one by Howard, and now one by Freehand. And the way the ball is popping out of here today, despite the humidity, we might go above that mark of six today. Two to the count to Reggie Jackson, two out after the leadoff home run by Freehand here in the last of the third. Out on the left-hander. Throws low to Jackson. It's three and two. Gibson will be the next pitcher. He's the only man warming. Bob has had some knee trouble, but is still tied with Bill Singer for the most strikeouts in the National League. And it goes without saying, is one whale of a pitcher. Got him throwing well. Is outside, and there's the first walk of the ball game. And that will bring up Frank Robinson, right-handed batter, to face the left-handed throwing Steve Carlton. Robinson looked at a call strike three and a curveball to end the first inning. Jim watching Carlton today, he definitely looks like he's laboring a little bit. 
He's had pretty good stuff, but he's missing with a lot of pitches. And I think probably seven days rest has got to be the cause of something like that. Charlotte now pitching out of the stretch for the first time today. Throws a curveball. That's the way he got Robbie before, but this one is inside. Ball one. Fastball fouled upstairs. It's one and one. Well, when this game began, you could see lots of green, meaning lots of empty seats. And we wondered how those who came out here last night only to be rained out could make arrangements to get out here again today. Either a lot of people called in sick, took vacation, or gave their tickets away in a hurry because we have got a sellout. Everybody's here. The seats are all taken. Curve is outside of Robinson. It is two and one with two out in the third and eight to two the score, the National League. Reggie Jackson on at first base with a walk. Two and one with Robbie waiting, and he swings the ball on it, hits it off the fist. Santo has it, goes to second for the fourth on Jackson there, and we have one run. On the freehand, home run. No errors, one man left. At the end of three, the National League eight, the American League two. Jim Simpson back at uh, Robert F. Kennedy Memorial Stadium, and here's Charlie Jones with Commissioner Boy Kuhn. I feel like I'm standing in a hole when I'm talking to you. Charlie, actually, I'm on a platform above you. Are there any plans for changing the voting for the All-Star game? We've been thinking about giving it to the fans. I would like to do it. We need some control so that we don't get one city voting all their players on, but that can be done. What other All-Star changes do you have in mind? Well, I don't have in mind any particular All-Star changes at this point. As long as they keep hitting the ball the way they're hitting it here today, I'm going to be very happy. The divisional races this year are making a big difference as far as interest is concerned in Major League Baseball. Well, there's no question about it. The divisional races taken together with the fact that we've had a lot of surprise teams has been a great help. I heard some talk around the lobby this morning that you might want to put the All-Star game in the Astrodome. After the rain I looked at last night, I was dreaming about the Astrodome, I can tell you that, but I think we'll keep on moving it around. Well, not only a great ball game today with a lot of hitting that you mentioned, but a tremendous social outing for the last three or four days, and that's a credit to you, and everybody that I talked to said that the dinner, the banquet the other night was the finest baseball banquet they'd ever been to. I can only say, Charlie, that I thoroughly enjoyed it myself. So did I. Thanks for visiting with us. Nice to be with you, Charlie. Let's go back upstairs. All right, thank you, Charlie Jones. And Danny McLean, scheduled to start this game, but with a dental appointment in Detroit this morning, is back in Washington and becomes the fourth American League All-Star pitcher. Eight to two the score. Hank Aaron, Willie McCovey, and Ron Santo. There have been no changes in the defensive lineup for the American League All-Star. McLean's first pitch, throwing his battery mate at Detroit, Bill Freehan, is high and off the glove of Bill and pops back, ball one. Mando still at third, Petroselli at short, Carew at second, Powell at first, Howard in left, Jackson in center, Robinson in right. McLean comes in and Aaron swings and misses. Strike one, one and one. National League got a run in the first, two in the second, and five big ones, only one of which was unearned in the third. Of their eight runs, two are unearned. McLean throws, just misses the outside corner, two and one. Hank Aaron reached on an arrow with the Lou scoring the first run on the air by Howard and left. That was in the first inning. And then singled and scored ahead of McCovey's home run in the third. Fouls this one back. It's 2-2. Aaron with those amazingly quick wrists. And 
as many people have said, perhaps one of the most undersung, underpublicized players in all of baseball. But this is his 18th All-Star game and his 12th start. And check his home run total sometime. His lifetime batting average. Strike this time, and I did it to him. I was talking about him, and Hank strikes up. Jim, if you want to find out whether or not Aaron is underrated, talk to some of the left-hand pitchers. I guess all the pitchers in the National League. Uh, I don't think any one of us would ever have underrated Hank Aaron as a hitter. Here's Willie McCovey. Get an 0-2 pitch in the first, round of the second, and then in the third, get a line drive home run to deep right center field. Takes inside for McLean. Ball one. came into the game for the American League with 34 home runs. He has one. McCovey leads the National with 30. He has one. Big curveball for McLean. It misses and it's 2-0. And in deference to Mr. McCovey, Dave Bristol, the Cincinnati manager and first base coach, has very nearly left the ballpark. He certainly left the coaching box. Long drive. This is gone, I do believe. Back to the wall goes Robinson looking up. Home run. I guess Denny doesn't know McCovey as well as some of us who had to play against him for many years. He's one of the finer change-up hitters in baseball. It was a slow change-up that Denny threw him, and McCovey waited on it and just hit it out of the ballpark in right field. Nine to two, and we now have five home runs in this game. Two by McCovey in successive times at bat. Here's Ron Santo, and it's low for McLean. Ball one. Santo is granted out twice. Both times pulling the ball to the third baseman and the shortstop. Nine to two. Well, we'll say it again. They wanted more hitting in this game. The commissioner of baseball was just talking about the hitting. He loves it. And I'm sure the fans do too, except American leaguers. It's two and all as this pitch to Santo is high. But when they made those defensive changes, you can see that Mayo Smith is going to keep those big bats in the lineup as long as he can. He doesn't need defense. He needs runs. Another pitch from McLean, again high and away, and it's 3-0 to Santo. One out, one run in on McCovey's home run here in the top of the fourth. And in all four innings, the National League has scored at least one run. 3-0 pitch, Santo is swinging on it, but foul tips it. Strike one. That's an all-star record. Two home runs in the game. Archie Vaughn in 1941, Ted Williams in 46, and Al Rosen in 1954. And McCovey's got a little playing time left. Three and one. Outside, and Santo becomes the first National Leaguer to draw a walk. That'll bring up Cleon Jones. Jones has an infield hit and reached on an error and scored each time. Jones of the Mets. And, of course, the Mets are only two games down in the loss column to the Chicago Cubs in the National League's Eastern Division race. And it is a Cub, Santo, who is on base in front of Jones. So, for the moment, the pennant race is forgotten. It's the first one high in the air into center field. Jackson waiting, backtracking just a bit over to his left and has it for the second out. Santo trots back to first. That'll bring up Johnny Bench, who got permission 
to stay out another 12 hours or so from his military duty of the weekend since last night's game was rained out. Hit a 1-2 pitch for a two-run homer in the second and singled and scored ahead of Meon's double in the third. So bench of Cincinnati. Stardom predicted for him is already doing quite well. A change by McLean is way outside. Ball one. quiet, but they have been electrified on many occasions. Oh, look out for that shot to the left. It bounces into the stands. Pass to Rocher, almost gloved by a boy who is having a difficult time getting back into the stands. Tried to pick up the ball and a special policeman not the most popular people gave it to the Rocher and the Rocher throws it back into the stands. I would say that Leo might have a touch more showmanship than this a park policeman. Well, I imagine the park policeman has his orders, and Leo doesn't, Jim. Or if he does, he's not listening. It's one and one to Benson. That was a wicked shot. Change high, and it's two and one. There are two outs, Santo at first, and the run in. Jim, I think the greatest tribute anybody has paid to Bench yet, Gene Mock, the manager of the Montreal Expos, was asked if he could have any player in the National League, who would he take? And it was Johnny Bench at expansion time. He said he would be my number one pick of all the others. Stottlemyre gave up four hits. Odom gave up four hits. Make that five for Odom. And one given up by McLean. Outside, and it is three and two. McLean struck out Aaron swinging, but McCovey hit the change for a second consecutive home run. Then he, a little shaken, walked Santo, got Jones on a lazy fly on the first pitch to center, and now he's three and two to bench. And there goes the run on three and two and two out. Santo has to come back. It's fouled back to the screen. Nine runs, ten hits, no errors for the National League, which has three home runs. Two runs, both on homers, the two hits that the American League has, and two errors, each of which has led to a run. Not much rest for an all-star team. There goes Santo again, ball four, and McLean has walked another. The second walk, Santo goes down to second. That'll bring up Felix Mion. deck is Ernie Banks of Chicago in case Mion gets on. Banks will do the pinch hitting. Ernie, one of the most popular men in all of baseball. Retired many times by Leo DeRocher, the manager of the Cubs, but Banks keeps playing his way right back in the lineup at the age of 38. Mion takes low. Ball one. Felix of the Braves is grounded to the first baseman and doubled in a couple of runs in the last inning. Comes up with a chance to do the same thing. He's got men on first and second with two out. Strike. One and one. As Beyond watched the ball, Nick the outside corner. Do you have a little feeling watching McLean here today that possibly he doesn't feel as well as he would like to? Denny's got a fine fastball. He has hardly thrown it at all in the time he's been in the ballgame. It's been all breaking balls. This is a breaking pitch. It's fouled off to the right and will make the seats. from now, our Apollo 11 astronauts will be about halfway home from the moon. 
President Nixon, who was to have been here last night, is on his way out to greet them aboard the aircraft carrier Hornet. Beyond goes for a pitch up high and strikes out the inning. One run on McCovey's homer. One hit. No errors and two men left in the middle of the fourth. The National League, nine. The American League, two. Bob Gibson is our new pitcher in the last of the fourth inning for the National League. The second pitcher, Carlton, has worked his three innings. And the first pitch is fouled off the bat of Powell as he ducked to get out of the way. Gibson probably will only go one inning. We're not trying to outguess Shane Deans. There's a low fastball, and it's one and one. But Gibby has had knee problems, and Shane Deans did say before the game he would like to get him in for at least an inning. And Bill Singer of the Dodgers is already warming up. Now ready for one and one. It is low and two and one. Powell was robbed of a base hit by the sliding Matty Alou. And he slid on the seat of his pants to get the ball in short center field. The American League fans here come to life. It's 9-2 to the National League with the heart of the American League batting order up. Ground ball foul past Earl Weaver, the Baltimore manager and coach at first base. Mission Control in Houston has been giving our Apollo astronauts, Armstrong, Aldrin, and Collins, scores of the games from time to time. And I'm sure that our astronauts on the way back to the moon are quite surprised. 2-2. Going for a low pitch. Powell swings and misses. Bench chases him down the line and tacks him up. So this is what happens when a fellow has great stuff like Gibson. Powell chased the ball and actually it bounced in the dirt. But if you wait too long, you're not going to be on time with a guy like Gibson. Frank Howard, and that's the cheer. He homered into the mezzanine and deep center field. Gibson, a fast worker, comes in with a fastball. It's low. Ball one. has asked Red Flaherty to take a look at that ball and Flaherty's going to toss it out right here and now. Remember the pitch before that struck out Powell was in the dirt and picked up by Bench who tagged Powell and apparently some dirt got on it. Gibson right back outside and low and it's 2-0 to Howard. The booing from the fans who are afraid they may not, might not be able to see Howard swing the bat. But around the knees, and it's a ball strike, two and one. When you say low to Howard, that's about six feet down. He is six seven. And Gibson started to walk up and uh, warm up and lost the ball. He started his wind up and suddenly found that he didn't have the baseball. Picks it up and ready to throw again, way outside of low, and it is three and one to Howard. Tennis scores for the National League. 2-2-2 two, two, and two, as Howard takes that big hondo cut and misses it. 3-2. and two. Working very fast. He's back and Howard fouls it off. Still 3-2. The National League has scored in every inning. The American League has scored on two home runs. One by Howard at that now. Back in the second. One by Freehand to lead off the third. Two pitches low, and Howard draws the walk. That's the second walk given up, and Sal Bando comes out to step into the batting circle. The National League, and now we're going to have a runner. Reggie Smith of Boston is coming in, and Howard is out of the game. Now remember, the American League has been playing without a regular 
center fielder. Smith can take over there. out as Vando takes strike one after hitting a home run and getting a walk and also committing an error. You can look for a lot of substitutions no matter which way the game goes. Ground ball might get through. Picked up by Kessinger off his glove. Just stops at second. That should be a base hit. Kessinger did a great job. The Chicago got shortstop to get there. It's a base hit by Vando. Tim Kessinger made a great play, diving, going to his left. It looked like he lost the ball trying to get it out of his glove. If he could have gotten it out of his glove cleanly, he would have had a play at second base and could have gotten Reggie Smith coming in. But it was a fine play on Kessinger's part. One out, they're trying to get to Gibson. Singer warming up, the Dodger pitcher. Petroselli hits the first one in the center field. And who started back now comes in. Smith steps on second. Bluff's going to third and holds up. They're two out. And that'll bring up freehand. Last time up, hit a home run. Nine to two the score. The National League, the American League, trying to get these two men across the plate. Freehand has got the job of doing it. As yet, there's nobody in the on-deck circle. McLean is the pitcher, and they could, of course, and would, of course, bat for him should Freehand keep this rally going. And accordingly, the... American League bullpen is getting a little bit and it looks like Dave McNally of Baltimore is up to throw Freehand stands very close to the plate has hit by many pitches Gibson throws away from him and it's ball one Jim, both Gibson and Freehand know each other pretty well they got the chance to play seven games against each other last year so this is not like other times in the All-Star game where the players don't know each other Right back, Gibson. Freehand hits this one into center field. Alou watches it bounce. One run will score. It's a single for Freehand. Bando goes to third. Smith scores. And it is time to three. Now we'll wait. Peru is kneeling on deck. It looks like Mincher, Don Mincher, a left-handed hitter. Former Minnesota twin and Washington senator, now with Seattle, played with California for a couple of years, has home run power, and came on to the All-Star squad when Mike Keegan could not make it. Mincher, a left-handed batter, to go against the right-handed Bob Gibson. Gibson struck out Powell, walked Howard, Mando got an infield hit, got Petroselli to fly lazily to center, and then freehand single to center on the first pitch. And Mincher is the batter. Lane is out after giving up a run, a hit, struck out one, and walking two. Nine to three, and Mincher with his big bat can make it a lot closer than that. We are just in the fourth inning, and we are due to be here for quite a little while. Gibson throws, Mincher started around. It's called a strike, whether it's a swinging strike or called, I don't know, but it's strike one. I think he did commit himself and break those wrists. Gibson back again. This time he's low. It's one and one. No defensive changes for either team thus far, but we will have one now that Howard is out of the game for the American League. 1-1. Foul back by Mincher. Don 
during the regular season hitting 240, but does have 17 home runs and 51 RBIs. Gibson throws, and Mincher strikes out. One run on two hits, no errors, and two left. And at the end of four complete now, it's the National League 9, the American League 3. Plymouth just reduced the manufacturer's suggested retail price of the standard Valiant B100 two-door sedan by $193, making it an even greater value than ever. Designed, built, and engineered as an economy car, Valiant still remembers just why you buy a compact. This year, Valiant features a thrifty, rugged 170-cubic-inch engine, room enough for six adult passengers, torsion bar suspension, a seven-step dip-and-spray anti-rust treatment, and more. So, by reducing the manufacturer's suggested retail price, including federal excise tax, excluding state and local taxes, optional equipment, destination and dealer preparation charges, Valiant has added economy to economy. Dollar for dollar, the competition gets left behind, and Valiant becomes more unbeatable than ever. See your local Plymouth dealer today. Check out his value. Then check out that new reduced price. Plymouth makes economy cars the way they're meant to be made. Well, Dave McNally has come on to do the pitching. He is from Baltimore. Paul Blair has gone to center field. He is from Baltimore. Reggie Smith, who ran for Frank Howard, has gone to left field. And Jackson has come over to right field. And Mayo Smith has just had a huge consultation, Sandy, of which way he's going to bat some of the folks. hitter for the pitcher as the last out. I'm sure that uh, the pitcher is going to bat in the same position that he came in at or in the ninth spot. That would give the manager a lot of time to get down to the pitcher hitting again. With the score 9-3, to three, McNally's come on now. I'm sure that you know that Dave, if you follow baseball at all, has won 13 ball games this year without a loss and has a winning streak extending back through last year. Ernie Banks will come on and do the hitting for Steve Carlton. Banks was in the on-deck circle at the end of the fourth inning, remember, but beyond struck out to end the inning. And so Ernie Banks, who always says and loves to say when you arrive at Wrigley Field, welcome to the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. 38 years old, the oldest player in either league that is not a pitcher. Willie Mays is a couple of months younger. Banks plays day in and day out. And this year, hitting a 266, but has 79 RBIs and 15 home runs. Gibson is out after pitching his one inning. And in that one inning, gave up a run, a hit, struck out two, and walked one. And the man that he walked is the man that scored. Thanks to face Dave McNally of Baltimore in this 9-3 game, the National League leads. Breaking pitch inside and low, but Banks went around on it, taking a big cut, and it's strike one. A dipping curveball for McNally of Baltimore. You've heard the names of a lot of Orioles. They've got the most here. Five of them, only Brooks Robinson has not been in the game. Pitch from Dave McNally as he stares down at the mound, apparently tripped a little bit, is high, and it's one and one. Brooks Robinson, who has 
Not a starter this year for the first time in many years. Blair, Powell, McNally, and Robinson. Everybody but Brooks has been in. 1-1 pitch to Banks. Swings at an outside pitch this time, and it's 1-2. and two. Ernie owns the highest fielding average for a shortstop in Major League history. Said while with the Chicago Cubs, and remember his most valuable player, two years in a row. When the Cubs were not winning pennants. One and two, big curveball, but it's high and it's 2-2. Two -two. McNally taking his time. There have been no infield changes, only changes in the outfield for the American League. McNally is back, and this ball is lined right to Petroselli. One down. Jim, it almost sounds like the crowd is a little tired from all the hitting and the runs being scored. It's been just perfectly quiet this top half of the inning. Here is Matty Alou, who has singled and scored a run in the first, singled in the second, and the first time he faced a left-hander in the third, he grounded out. And guess who is on deck to bat for Don Kessinger? Willie Mays of the San Francisco Giants. Outside and high for McNally. Kessinger failed to hit him three times at bat. But nevertheless made a fine fielding gem. Inside to Alou, 2-0. And Willie Mays steps up to bat for Don Kessinger. This will be his 20th appearance. He's already got the all-star records for hits, runs, stolen bases, and putouts. This is a strike on the outside corner to Alou, 2-1. And, and over the previous 19 games, his average is 348 for the all-star game. 2-1, count to Alou. Fouls it back, it's 2-2. One out here in the top of the fifth. The National League has yet failed to score in any inning. They've scored in every inning. One run in the first, two in the second, five in the third, another in the fourth. American League failed in the first, but have a run in each of the last three innings. It's nine to three, the National League. Outside and low to Alou, and it's three and two. Singer, who did the warming up and apparently will succeed Gibson, is no longer throwing. Outside and low again, and McNally has walked Matty Alou, who has speed, and here comes Willie Mays.
particular portion of the left field stands had better put on its batting helmets. Johnny Bench shook him up last time at bat. Nine to three the score of the National League in the top of the fifth. This one, this will go into the National League dugout, and Mays points a finger at someone who obviously picked it up. It's one and two to Willie. Jim Willie's the kind of hitter who we used to call a Bible hitter, you know, thou shalt not pass. He just doesn't take a pitch. Uh, it's rare that he doesn't get his full swings. The ball has to be pretty far off the plate before Willie's going to take it. McNally looking over at first and now coming in with the pitch. Outside, but Mays hits it to right field. Reggie Jackson comes over near the warning track and has it. And Alou goes back. Mays is retired. And gets ahead. Hank Aaron, who has reached on an error, has singled and scored a run and has struck out. Is the batter. Two down now, and Alou is still perched over at first pitch. National League will be forgiven if they're not running too often. They do have a six-run lead. And the way the balls have been flying out of here, five home runs so far, two by McCovey. Curveball drops right over the plate. Jim, I think with a lineup like this, you don't run as often as you would with an ordinary team that plays every day. You don't want to take yourself out of an inning or lose a man on base when you've got these kind of hitters to follow them. You know there are going to be some long balls and some base hits. One strike pitch to Aaron, hit to center field. Player started back now in, now waits and has it. And Paul, for the moment, didn't know it was the third out. But it is, no runs, no hits, no errors, and one left in the middle of the fifth. Still, the National League 9, the American League 3. When an accident happens, everybody hurries to send cards and good wishes. But nobody knows how long it will really take for anybody to get well. That's why the Hartford doesn't push anybody into signing a release. Not when an accident happens. Not if complications are likely to develop soon after. Not even if extended therapy is needed later on. At the Hartford, we try to help you get well first. And talk releases only when everybody's satisfied that all that can be done is done. Insurance by the Hartford. We try to keep things simple. We pause 30 seconds for station identification. When something goes wrong with your eyes, ears, or any other special part of your body, you want the very best medical care, so you go to a specialist. Well, the same rule holds true if something goes wrong with your transmission. You're safer with AMCO because AMCO is a transmission specialist. Each of the 550 AMCO centers fixes transmissions only. AMCO has the special tools and specially trained mechanical men to give your transmission the very best mechanical care. Come into AMCO, double A-M-C-O. Remember, you're safer with AMCO. WNBC, AM and FM, New York. This is the 40th Annual All-Star Game from Robert F. Kennedy Memorial Stadium in Washington, D.C. And this is Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax for the National League as we move to the last of the fifth. Nine runs, ten hits, no errors for the American League. Three runs, four hits, and two errors. Rod Carew will lead it off. 
facing the third pitcher for the National League, Bill Singer, who has won 13 and lost seven. Tied with Gibson for the lead in strikeouts in the National League and his earned run average, a fine 1.97. A couple of defensive changes. Roberto Clemente has gone to right field. Willie Mays does not stay in the game. And Dennis Menke has gone to shortstop. Clemente of Pittsburgh and Menke, of course, doing one of the greater jobs around the league. As a shortstop, a lot of folks thought that Dennis did not have the range to play, but with the Astros and the Astrodome, he has been having an amazing year and has been voted to the All-Star squad, or rather selected by manager Red Chandies. So Singer is ready, and this is the pitcher, Sandy Koufax, of whom you know something. Yes, I do, Jim, very definitely. Phil has a great fastball. He throws very hard, and it's a sinking fastball also. So he has a lot of ground balls hit off of him during a ball game. Uh, he doesn't have a great curveball, or really you could say a good curveball. His curveball is more like a slider, and he uses that great effect. He tries to break it inside on the left-hand hitters and get it out away from the right-handers. But his best pitch is the fastball, and he's one of these guys who can overpower a hitter. Rod Carew, who leads the American League with a 364 average, has lined to left, and the Lou made a good running catch on him in center in the third, and he takes strike one. Carew is hitless in this All-Star game. He's been in the league three years, and this is his third All-Star game. Singer is back and throws another strike at the knees. It's 0-2. Carew made it as a rookie when he was rookie of the year, made it last year, and has made it again this year, and of course he's having his greatest season right now. hit down the first baseline. McCovey gobbles it up and takes four or five steps to step on first and there's one down and the last of the fifth. And here is Reggie Jackson who has fouled out to Santo at third and has walked. And every time Reggie gets up at first they hold their breath. They know he's got 37 home runs on the year. Paul Blair will bat next. He went in the third batting spot replacing Frank Robinson who is out of the game. Jackson fouls one off to the left. Strike one. Well, the Oakland Athletics in their home uniforms, which includes gold and green and white shoes. Singer ready to throw, changes on the ball. It's outside and high, and it's one and one. Tim, it's interesting. I think out of respect to the opposing hitters, most of the pitchers in this game who have good fastballs and who during the year would use them more have thrown a lot more curveballs. Back high and off the glove of bench. Turn one. Well, McLean threw a change to McCovey. He hit it for a home run, but then again, Denny wasn't throwing hard at all. Gibson threw hard, but threw a couple of breaking pitches, but most of them he right, said he had been... Breaking pitches. Looking for the fastball, and Jackson swings and misses. It's 2-2. Anytime you are called into pitching a ball game like this, you just have to respect the other team. You have to respect the other lineup right down to the eighth man. Singer, a big man, 6'4", 200 pounds, comes back, and Jackson hits it high, and it's not going to get out of the infield. Singer is trying to get out of the way of Ron Santos. has come over the first base side of the mound and has it for the second out. Well, 
Minnesota doing everything of all-star quality, Sandy, when they hit a high ball. I mean, it is high. Very definitely, Jim. It looked like Bill Singer did not know where to go. Uh, the pitcher's job is to call the infielder he wants to take it, but Bill couldn't get out of the way of Sato. Here's Paul Blair hitting 311, 19 home runs, 52 RBIs from the Baltimore Orioles center fielder, and Chuck Saway from an inside pitch. Jack knifes, and it went through his between his legs and his chest in the open portion of the jackknife. Well, the American League did stop the National League from scoring in the top of the fifth. First time they've done that. Blair swings and misses. It's strike one. Jim, looking at Blair, he's right up on the plate. His front, his left leg is almost touching home plate. And I'm sure that first pitch from Singer had a little meaning behind it. Outside this time of the change. Run one to Blair. Two out in the last of the fifth. National League's biggest outburst in the third when they got five runs. And McCovey has hit two home runs for the National League. Fouled off by Blair. Bench has also hit home runs. Freehand and Howard hit home runs for the American League. Their record is six home runs for two clubs done twice in 1951 and 1954. We have five home runs in this game. Singer is ready. Hit off the fists. This is catchable. Jones... Coming in, Menke going up. Menke is there and has it for the third out. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left. Now at the end of five, the National League nine, the American League three. This is Sid Collins, the voice of the Indianapolis 500, here in Victory Lane to interview this year's winner, Mario Andretti. Mario, congratulations for turning in that record speed of 156.867 miles an hour. How does it feel to finally win your first 500-mile race? It's just fantastic, Sid. I know the name of your car is the STP Oil Treatment Special, but did you also use the new STP Gas Treatment in your fuel for this race? Yes. It helps the fuel that you have burn cleaner for cleaner combustion and cleaner spark plugs and everything else. If you can feel the difference STP Gas Treatment makes in your winning race car, Mario, it must make a tremendous difference in the way folks passenger cars perform, too. That's why I recommend it. You always use it in your own passenger cars? Yes, I certainly do in all my cars. Drivers, take a tip from Indianapolis 500-mile race winner Mario Andretti. Next time you fill up your tank, add a can of STP Gas Treatment. Just pour it in and pour it on. Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax from Kennedy Memorial Stadium in Washington. 9-3, the National League. We move to the top of the sixth and get out those scorecards. Reggie Smith, who was in left field, has moved to right field. Carl Yastrzemski has gone into play left field. And Mike Andrews has come into play second base. Rod Carew is out. And Reggie Jackson is also out. Well, now you have Powell of Baltimore at first. Andrews of Boston at second. Petroselli of Boston at short. Bando of Oakland at third. Carl Diostremski in left from Boston. Paul Blair of Baltimore in center. Reggie Smith of Boston in right. Bill Freehand behind the plate. And McCauley starting the second inning. Job he's got. He's got a face. Woody McCovey with the last two times up has hit home runs. Santo is on deck. And McDowell is now warming up for the American League. And the National League is also warming up somebody. Apparently he's warming up to come in to catch. Franking pitch to McCovey from the left-hander. This is the first time that Woody's had to face a left-hander today. And it drops over there for strike one. Wondering if he can hit three home runs and all-star play in a row. We shall see. Your ball misses outside, and it's one and one to McCovey. McCovey, a giant of a man. 
6-4. And he took a giant of a cut. Strike two. One and two to Willie McCovey. Grounded out on an 0-2 pitch to Carew at second in the first. Homered in the third and homered in the fourth. And now must protect that plate. McNally with a 1-2 pitch. And McCovey strikes out. Finale's first strikeout. Dave has given up a walk, but has retired the other four batters he has faced. And on the American League pitching roster, he's about the only one you can say that for, except for Darrell Knowles, who pitched to only two men and retired them both. Monsanto, the batter. He's grounded out twice and walked. Nine to three, the National League. We're in the top of the sixth inning. A game that was delayed from last night by rains that you wouldn't believe. Finale throws, and it's a strike. They had to pump out the American League dugout. There were over three inches of rain here at the ballpark in an hour and up to seven to 12 inches in the Washington area. Santo fouls it off. Washington, D.C., of course, is the District of Columbia located between Maryland and Virginia. And over in Virginia, it was so hard hit that they could not run special buses to the ballpark this morning because of the conditions of the roads. Two strikes now to Santo. McNally throws, and this is fouled off to the right, high in the stands, down the right field line. I don't know if it's an obstacle illusion or not, must be. It looks as though McNally wears his cap slightly slanted to the right, almost uh, like the sailor might tip a sailor hat. I think a lot of pitchers tug on their cap after every time they throw it. Their, their hats start to look pretty bad after a while. Two-strike pitch, big curveball, but it misses, and it's one and two. Leon Jones is on deck. Out again, quiet for the moment. There have been a lot of fireworks. Ball hit down to Petroselli. Up, throws out Santo for the second time that Rico has thrown out long, and they're two down on the top of the sixth. And without question, barring what might happen to him in the future, the most effective pitcher, aside from those who pitched two men, has been Dave McNally. Stottlemyre, the surprise starter, ran into the trouble. Gave up four runs that were earned, five altogether, five hits, struck out nobody. McLean gave up a run on a hit and walked two in his one inning. So the vote for the best American League pitcher thus far has to go to Dave McNally. But it's the National League with a six-run lead. Here is Jones. One for three. Also reached on an error. He has scored twice. Ball one. McDowell continues to walk. Big curveball, and it's a strike. Cleon Jones. McNally again ready. Throws inside this time, and it's two and one. Sandy and I want to send along our greetings and best wishes to the servicemen listening by the Armed Forces Radio in Vietnam, the Far East, Latin America, and in Europe. Two and one pitch to Jones. Big curveball. It stays up high, and it's three and one. have been on since the, before the game began. There was rain and at times very hard for about 40 minutes before the game began. Fouled off 
On the 3-1 pitch, it's 3-2. Instead of getting that extra day off, Sandy, everybody must go report to their ball team. Wherever it is, Frank Howard, for example, has to go to the West Coast to join the Senators. 3-2 pitch. Wind in the center field, and Jones has his second hit of the afternoon. That's the first off Dave McNally. American League pitching. Here is Johnny Bench. There's a home run, a single, and a walk, a perfect afternoon. He has driven in a run, and he has scored twice himself. Both pitch from McNally, ball one. Nine runs, 11 hits, no errors for the National League, three runs, four hits, two errors for the American. Singer right back with a fastball if Powell misses. 
And it's one and one. Well, it was really gloomy around Memorial Stadium last night, Kennedy Memorial, when we were rained out. It looked like it would never stop raining. It looked like the stadium would float away. But this is another day, and what a ballgame. 1-1 to Boog Powell. Off the corner, and it's 2-1. And as you said, Sandy, Bill Singer throws effortlessly. Jim, he's what players will call sneaky fast. He throws very hard, but it doesn't look like a lot of effort. He has this nice, smooth, easy motion. And before you know it, the ball's on top of you. Ball is fouled off by Powell. McDowell continues to warm up for the American League, and the National League has a man up and throwing from the New York Mets, Jerry Kuzman. Kuzman, very nearly the rookie of the year. Had a great year last year. Got off to a little rough start this year, but is back in the groove with the Mets, who are making a charge at the Cubs. Powell has a count of 2-2 as the leadoff batter in the last of the six, 9-3 in the National League. Singers right back with a fastball, hit off the fists, and fouled into the stands again. Reggie Smith is on deck. Smith has yet to bat. He came in as a runner for Frank Howard. Howard probably even now is on his way west. He's got a long trip ahead of him. As do many of these players, including all of the Oakland Athletics, for example. 2-2. Two, two. Big change, but it's high, and it's 3-2. and two. As of this moment, the American League has plenty of time. But as the game goes on, of course, time becomes more precious than the last of the sixth right now, and they're trailing by six runs. Singer with a 3-2 pitch. Fastball, but it's too high, and there's another one. Very high. Jones comes in and left. Alou is circling behind him, and Jones actually takes it in short left field. But Alou looked like he was going to go outside the stadium and wait, and then started circling back. Jim, that one was hit high, and the wind brought it a uh, long ways back in towards the infield. I don't think that had a chance to go out of here under any circumstances. But you can call it an all-star pop fly if you'd like. It was high. Here's Reggie Smith hitting 339 with 19 home runs on the year. Smith batting left-handed against Singer takes a strike. First, Reggie is one of the fine switch hitters in either league. What an interesting story. Smith, as he waits, swings and misses, strike two. When he was hurt earlier this year, and he saw all of the plaudits going to the Carl Yastrzemskis and Mike Andrews of Boston, Migliaros, he said, I figured that I wanted some of those headlines. And after he came back from his rest, look out, this is coming back toward us. Now back strike two. He said, I just came back with a lot more desire than I had when I was hurt. And he credits Ted Williams, who was a batting instructor with Boston before becoming manager of Washington, and a lot of his success. 0-2, one out in the sixth. Outside, it's 1-2. National League took the lead in the first inning and has never come close to relinquishing it. It was one to nothing, then three to nothing, then three to one, five to one, six to one, six to two, six to three. Ground ball, chance for Mian, who gobbles it up and goes on to Lee May at first base, and they're two down. That'll bring up Sal Bando, quite colorful, green shirt. Jersey, red batting helmet, green and yellow stockings, and white shoes. Red, white, green, and orange. Bill Singer, the third National League pitcher. Die by Bando. 
Back goes Alou, looking up. Wynn should bring it back. Now Alou's drops in a step and has it for the third out. The run still hits. No errors, none left. Now at the end of six balls, the National League has the big lead, nine to three. Reach out. Touch a dream that's closer than ever before. The great new Chrysler. A dream you can afford to have. Chrysler luxury, Chrysler prestige, yet priced just a few dollars more per month than the most popular smaller car with comparable equipment. A few dollars, without a doubt, you can afford that. Chrysler, your next car, the affordable dream. a new pitcher for the American League. It is Big Sam McDowell, a strikeout artist who plays for the Cleveland Indians. This year he's 111 and lost nine. Fine earned an average of 2.73. Everything else remains the same, with the exception of a fellow by the name of Brooks Robinson, who has moved in at third base. Robinson not voted to the All-Star squad this year. But he had started the last five games before Bando beat him out in the voting. But Brooksy's over there now, and he's going to have to go some to get past some plays, Sandy, made by Petroselli, by Kessinger, and the remarkable catch at the left field wall by Carl Yastrzemski. Very definitely, Jim, but if anybody is capable of making great plays, it's Brooks Robinson. I've seen him probably in all-star games and in World Series just about the only time, a couple of times in spring training, but uh, he's unbelievable. Nobody makes some of the great plays that Brooks makes. He's great at charging on the ball, and he's great at protecting the third baseline. He dives, and it's just miraculous uh, some of the plays he can make at third base. I would assume now, as we see, we also have a new catcher, Sandy, that you know his name and something about him. Very definitely. I know John Roseboro for a long time. Uh, John for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's now with the Minnesota Twins, and I couldn't be happier to see John on the All-Star team. Last year, he went to Minnesota, had a horrible year. Didn't uh, didn't get started. Looked like he wasn't going to hit uh, over 150, but here he is, his second year, he's on the All-Star team. Felix Mion will be the first to face Sam McDowell. McDowell or will be facing Mion, who is one for three, a double. That drove in a couple of runs, and he also scored on a double by Steve Carlton, who could be the winning pitcher. Strike one to be on. McDowell is another one of those tall ones. We have a lot of pitchers. Singer in there for the Dodgers in the National League is 6'4". Another pitch high, and McDowell stands at 6'5". is ready, and here's the 1-1 pitch. Hit off the fists and foul back toward the National League dugout and bounces out past Clemente, who's on the, in the on-deck circle for his first time at bat. Clemente, you will note, is batting in the number nine spot. One and two to me on. Nine to three to score the National League, and this one is fouled upstairs to the right.
teams swing back into action tomorrow. The all-star break is over. After today, ground ball. Brooks Robinson charges it, picks it up just inside the line, and Rukal up the line, tagged him as he went by, but standing at third base was Tom Gorman, gave no indication, and it was a fallow ball. Gorman never said fair foul. Robinson scooped it up, made a fine play to Fowler to come up the line to take the throw, tagged me on. Great play, but foul ball. Jim, Tom Gorman could not see the play. Brooks Robinson screened him off, but Red Flaherty behind the behind home plate, the home plate umpire, had to call that, and he did pretty quickly. It still says 0-0 to me on on the board, but they'll settle this because now it's a fair ball to Robinson who throws him out, and the problem is solved. And here is Roberto Clemente, the man with the great arm, the fine batting eye, many times... National League champion. And Clemente this year hitting a 338. And last year, before the All-Star break, Roberto wasn't hitting much at all. He hurt his shoulder at home, came back after the year, and finished with a near 350 clip. And he started out this year hitting 338 thus far. So he's had quite a year. McDowell is ready. Clemente right-handed batter fouls it back. Nine runs, 11 hits, no errors for the National League. Three runs, four hits, two errors for the American. Stottlemyre stands to be the loser. Steve Carlton of the Cardinals, the winner. McDowell rears back and throws high and hard. It's one and one. Jim McDowell's getting going to get a lot of help here. Uh, I don't think anybody in the American League lineup knows these players as well as Roseboro does. Catching for all those years in the National League, he knows every one of them that walks up there, and it's got to help a little a pitcher quite a bit. McDowell ready for the one-and-one. One. Foul back by Clemente. There have been five home runs in this ballgame. McCovey has two for the National League. Bench one. Howard and Freehand hit them for the American League. The early going was fast and furious. But when you came down to the results, it was all National League. Each of the home runs hit by the American League. Nobody on base. Clemente reaches across the plate and fouls this one back. Jim, Clemente's a bad ball hitter. There's really no way you can say that you're going to pitch to Clemente. You can throw him a strike, and he may swing and miss, and then throw the ball three feet over his head, and he's liable to hit a home run. And uh, that pitch there was way outside. Roberto was trying to go to right field with it, and he's got as good power to the opposite field as anybody I've ever seen. A 1-2 pitch. Drills a fastball, and Clemente drills it upstairs. Another high pitch, and it is up high in the second deck, but very foul. He took the shortcut. Still one and two. Well, I'll remind that this is the 40th annual All-Star Game from Washington, D.C. on NBC. And the next time we'll be back with baseball, World Series time. Oh, this fastball from McDowell very nearly had Clemente swinging in. Very nearly had Red Flaherty behind the plate saying strike three. But it just missed. It's 2-2. one of those that when the mound was five inches higher with his six foot five frame could really rear back and throw from upstairs down at you. Here's the 2-2 pitch. And he swings and misses dropped by Roseboro who tags him and again, Sandy, that wasn't one of the best pitches to swing at. No, it wasn't, Jim. It was a low inside curve ball but uh, you may strike him out on it one time and he may hurt you with it the next. Uh, I don't know of anybody that's ever devised a plan to get him out. You take your chances. 
Here's Matty Alou. Hits his first two times up. Grounded out and walked. Playing center field. Hitting at 354. 9-3 in the National League. We're in the top of the seventh. Time running out on the American League. I think the fans got up along the right field line because the scoreboard momentarily only showed one out. Now that you sidearmed him and Alou fouls it upstairs to the left. Since Alou is a left-hander and so is McDowell, Sam stepped out to his left toward first base and threw from nearly at first base. Does the same thing again and Alou strikes out. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left as McDowell strikes out two in the middle of the seventh, the National League nine, the American League three. It's to Yankee Doodle. Yankee Doodle. One, two. Tim Simpson back at Kennedy Stadium in Washington, and Charlie Jones has a guest, who is Charlie Garrett. The all-time greatest living second baseman, Charlie Garinger. Charlie, you played in the first six All-Star games. Do you notice any difference in those six in the game we're watching today? Well, a little bit different. Uh, we were winning a few of them then. Uh, now it seems to be quite a chore. You also mentioned to me, as we were watching this ball game, a little difference in the hitting in the National League and the American League then. This is true. We had uh, abundance of power back in, uh, in my era. In fact, the National Leaguers used to watch up and stand by the side and watch his take batting practice. Now they've caught up with us, I'm afraid, on that department. Congratulations on the great honor you received two nights ago. Well, it's an awful tough task to pick a, an all-star ball player of any position, but I'm really grateful. I, you got to be lucky, I guess. Thanks for visiting with us. You're welcome. Let's go back upstairs. Again, we have some changes in that Jerry Kuzman has come in as the fourth National League pitcher. Jerry, 9 and 10 on the year with a 3.32 average. He replaces Singer, who worked two innings and retired the six men he faced in a row. And Glenn Beckert of Chicago has moved out to play second base, replacing Felix Mion. Here's Rico Petroselli facing Kuzman, a left-hander, and he swings and misses. Strike one. Now it is May at first, Beckert at second, Menke at short, Perez at third, Jones in left, Alou in center, and Clemente in right. Hundley the catcher and Kuzman the pitcher. And nine to three, the National League. Kuzman is back with a low pitch. It's one and one. Petroselli today struck out in the second and fly to short center, hitting the first pitch in the fourth. One-one pitch, swing and a miss. It's one and two. Deck. Batting in free hands position will be John Roseboro. Low, and it's 2-2. Jim, it's pretty good tribute to Jerry Kuzman here to be selected by the managers in the National League. Jerry doesn't have the record that a lot of the other pitchers in this ballgame have. He's only 8-5, but he was out with a sore shoulder most of the start of the season, and I guess they know what he can do. This one is drilled down the left field line into the fair ball. Petroselli can run. Leon Jones is up with it. Fires into the cutoff man at shortstop. who just waits for it. And in with a double to lead off the seventh inning for the American League. And to bring this crowd to light is Rico Petroselli. Tim, do you ever feel like it was a drink to say something nice about a player? Rod Carew is having struck out. Hank Aaron. Yeah, saying how great Hank has been. And he struck out. 
Here is Roseboro, who is having a good year. Hitting 276, two home runs, 20 RBIs, left-handed batter. And takes a strike at the knees from Jerry Kuzma. Nine runs, 11 hits, two errors for the National League. Three runs, six hits, two errors for the American. And cross your fingers, I think we're going to get through without any more rain. Rain has not disturbed this game. There was rain before the game, and of course we were rained out last night. Roseboro pops this one in his short left center field. Jones comes in, a Lou over. A Lou takes it, and going back to second is Petroselli. One down. And now Brooks Robinson steps in. Does have power as well as a good glove. 15 home runs, 54 RBIs. Who's been ready? Robinson, the right handed swinger, watches a strike at the knees on a breaking pitch. Carlton started, gave up two runs on two home runs in three innings. Gibson worked an inning, Singer worked two, and now it's Kuzman. Strike again. Brooks didn't believe this. Petroselli's down at second base with one out on this 9-3 game and time is running out on the American League which has lost 10 of its last 11 its last 6 in a row Guzman throws and Robinson strikes out that's the 4th strikeout and strangely enough Singer who is tied with Gibson for the National League lead in strikeouts retired 6 men in a row and struck out nobody Here's Mike Andrews. Andrews, happy to be here. Injuries cut him down a little bit, and they said in Boston when Mike was out of the lineup, the Red Sox began to fade. He is a leader as well as a good hitter. Hitting a 300, six home runs, 25 RBIs. Guzman throws, and it's another strike on the inside corner. Petroselli with his leadoff double is still out there. Andrews, his teammate, is the batter. Kuzman pitching from the stretch comes back and the ball is fouled off to the right. It's 0-2. Kuzman has great control. He works the plate inside, outside with his fastball. He's got a good curveball. He's consistent in getting it over. And uh, that's what it takes. You've got to have more than one pitch that you can get over well and get over when you're behind the hitter and consistently be able to throw strikes with it. And Jerry Kuzman does that. On to the count. Guzman ready to throw, and there's a bouncing ball charged by Perez at third. It throws to his teammate May at first, and Kuzman and the National League are out of the inning. No runs, one hit, no errors, and one left. Now at the end of seven, the National League nine, the American League three. Hi, Kurt Gowdy. How'd you like to get a Tecmatic razor by Gillette? America's number one selling razor, free. That's right, a Gillette Tecmatic free. It's yours when you buy Gillette's new 10-edge adjustable razor band. Look for the special package from Gillette. A new 10-edge adjustable razor band for $1.79 and a Tecmatic razor free. That's quite a deal for the closest, cleanest shave you can get. So why not get your Tecmatic now while this free offer lasts? My friends. 
their people say they created the new shaving cream, Gillette Foamy with lemon lime. But it was I, Pierre Lafsou, the famous Saint-Sergeant. Plain limes are too sweet for shaving cream, so I transplanted the branches of a lemon tree on the trunk of a lime tree. Voila, lemon limes. Part lemon, part lime. The lemon keeps the lime from smelling too sweet. Gillette Foamy with lemon lime. Vive la Foamy, vive la France. If something goes wrong with your washing machine, you know you're safer calling a washer repairman, not a jack-of-all-trades handyman. It's the same when something goes wrong with your car's transmission. You're safer with Amco. Amco fixes only transmissions, nothing else. Every one of the 550 Amco centers is a specialist with special tools and specially trained Amco men. So if something goes wrong with your transmission, pull in at the Amco sign, double A-M-C-O. Remember, you're safer with Amco. WNBC, AM and FM, New York. Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax from Robert F. Kennedy Memorial Stadium in Washington, D.C. Jim Fergosi at shortstop now for the American League as Dennis Menke of the Houston Astros gets his first time at bat. Menke now playing at shortstop and hitting 304 on the season six home runs and 60 RBIs facing the sixth American League pitcher, Sam McDowell, and swings and misses strike one. 9-3 to three to score the National League. There have been five home runs in this game. Three by the National League. Two of those by Willie McCovey. And we're now in the top of the eighth inning. Time is really running out on the American League. Swing and a miss again by Menke. And it's 0-2. Six in a row. Ten of the last 11. 17-5 since 1949. That's what the National League has done to the American. Strikeout. Call strike at the knees from Sam McDowell, who has now struck out three. Jim McDowell's got great stuff. He's got a great fastball, curveball, changeup. He tries to throw anything. Sam ever has the trouble. He's been guilty of trying to experiment too much. His managers and his coaches have tried to get him to use three or four pitches instead of all of them. Len Beckert is up of the Chicago Cubs and takes a big curve for strike one. Beckert, the infield leader of the Cubs. All four of the Chicago Cubs infielders are here. This pitch misses, and it's one and one. Beckert sidelined a lot with a bad thumb. He was in a cast, and he took it out of the cast one day and told Leo Doratio that day, I want to get back and play again. Hitting a 3-0-2. Foul tipped. Decker and Necro, two more fine pitchers for the National League, are up and throwing in the bullpen. The Chicago Cub infield, it may surprise some, has led the National League in fielding for quite some time now. A young infield and a good one. One and two to Becker. To center field. Over quickly, small player who has speed catches up to the ball and has it for the second out. Ray Culp of Boston has started to throw for the American League. Now, Lee May is up as McCovey, who had two home runs and four times at bat, has been retired, and May is up for the first time. May hitting 322, 29 home runs, and 75 RBIs. I laugh because McCovey had 30, and May steps in with 29 and takes inside ball one. Lee's younger brother, Carlos, could be the rookie of the year of the White Sox sitting over in the American League dugout. 2-0, this ball bounces in the dirt. If Carlos does get into this ball game, it'll be the first time that brothers in an all-star game have opposed each other. They have been on the same team many times before, but never opposed each other. 
Two and 0 to made. Two out in the eighth. Line shot right by Leo DeRocher at third base, but it's foul. Nine to three, the National League is Bay with a lot of talent. There are those who say that as good as Lee is, younger brother Carlos might be better. Time will tell us that. I'd never get in that argument, Sandy. Another foul back off to the left. Loved by the unpopular security policeman. Two-two. Two out. Nine to three the score. We're in the top of the eighth. McDowell throws and strikes out Lee May, and that is the fourth strikeout for Sam McDowell. What a two innings he's had. No runs, no hits, scores, none left. In the middle of the eighth, it's still the National League Nine, the American League Three. Sid Collins here, the voice of the 500-mile race, to interview this year's winning car owner in the 1969 500 Classic, Andy Granatelli. Congratulations, Andy, for a hard-fought win after 23 long years. Feels pretty good, Sid. It appeared to us in the press area the entire multitude was standing. I've never seen the crowd so happy about anyone. Andy, was this year's 500 ideal as far as racing conditions were concerned? No, Sid. Uh, we had high temperatures, and of course the motors were running exceptionally hot due to the turbo superchargers. Do you feel the STP oil treatment was helpful in cooling Mario's engine? Absolutely. Uh, one reason Mario was able to run smoother, cooler, quieter, longer, as I always say, because he did have STP oil treatment. On May 30th at Indianapolis, Indiana, Mario Andretti driving the STP oil treatment special crossed the finish line first with a margin of almost three laps over the entire field. Now, more than ever, STP is the racer's edge. Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax back at Kennedy Memorial Stadium and Ernie Banks, his wife and daughter, with Charlie Jones. Hi, Mrs. Ernie Banks and uh, her daughter, Jan. Jan, are you enjoying the ball game? You're not? Are you enjoying the snow cone? Say something, honey. Say hello to all your, all your friends. Hi. You're enjoying the ball game, of course, Mrs. Mike. Yeah, so am. We're winning. Th- thanks for visiting with us. You're quite welcome. Wilder Stremski, who made a great catch, is up to bat for the first time and takes low from Kuzman, ball one. Yastrzemski won a couple of batting titles over these last two years. He's going to be hard-pressed in the second half of this season. Dallas hitting 256, but 29 home runs, 70 RBIs. Attended batter, swings and misses, and that's strike one. And, of course, Yaz has the record of not hitting too well against left-handers. He won the MVP award. Over 40 of his home runs were against right-handers, and only a couple against left-handers. Nine inside, two and one. Nine to three to score the National League. It'll be Yastrzemski, followed by Paul Blair and Boog Powell. And a big six-run deficit for the American League, and the sun is beginning to come out. Two-one pitch, it's fouled back. Two-two. Carlton, Gibson, Singer, now Kuzman, with Carlton standing to be the winner. Stottlemyre for the American League, followed by Odom, Knowles, McLean, McNally, and McDowell. Stottlemyre standing to be the loser. 45,259 looking on. Guzman throws, and Yastrzemski golfs this one high, and to the left fielder, Pete Rose, who has come in and is over near the line and takes it in fair territory. Rose replaced Leon Jones, who had quite a day. And here is Paul Blair. Sandy, everybody will go home. The players disappointed 
somewhat, of course, the fans will go home. The National Leaguers will be happy. The American League fans will not be happy. But how do you think the American League front office must feel if they're going to lose 11 out of the last 12? There's a curve from Kuzman. Strike one to Blair. It is no longer funny. Before 1949, the National League wanted this called off because the American League had a 12-4 edge. Outside and high, it's one and one out of Blair. But since 1949, 17-5, the National League. Jim, they used to say that the players treated this as an exhibition game, but I think what you're talking about is exactly what's happened. It's no longer so. It's league pride. Drive to left field, not hit too well. Rose comes over, and Charlie Hustle makes the grab with one hand, having difficulty with the footing, and the ball dying in this heavy air. Jim definitely rose as he started, slipped his back foot, went out from under him, and he almost went to his knees, but uh, he managed to get started again and get there just in time to catch the ball. Pete's out there now, patching up the side. Now let's see what Red Chaney is going to say as he walks out to Jerry Kuzman. Kuzman may be all through, and Jerry gave up a leadoff double, but has since retired five men in a row. But then again, Shane Deans is not upset with Kuzman as he's bringing in another pitcher. It is simply he wants to give more people a chance to get into the ballgame. It's 9-3 to three with Boog Powell up. Kuzman, of course, is a left-hander. And in any other ballgame in the year, you would say, well, leave the left-hander in to pitch the left-hander, especially when you've retired five in a row. But then again, uh, you've got to realize that there's some top pitchers here. And Larry Durker, who has had a great year for the Astros, is going to get his chance to come in and throw. Durker is 12-7, and 2.54. Kuzman, who pitched an inning and two-thirds and gave up just one hit, leads the ballgame. Jim, I was a little worried that possibly uh, Kuzman might have hurt himself. To Blair, he threw nothing but change-ups, a slow curveball and a couple of change-ups. But uh, I think that's the way he was trying to pitch to Blair because when Red came out, he was smiling out there. So that's, that's not a man with a sore arm when he's smiling. I think it's just Red's way of trying to get more guys into the ballgame. He couldn't use them early. You don't know what's going to happen. But now we're into the eighth inning so he can go ahead and start to use more pitchers and give them a chance. He's got to keep at least one, though. Becker becomes a fifth pitcher. And a word about Apollo 11. Apollo 11 is now past the halfway point on its return trip from the moon, and everything is still going beautifully. The only hitch in President Nixon's plans to go out to meet them is the fact that he was unable to see last night's All-Star game because of the rain. He left and will be on the Carrier Hornet. And we all know that when Armstrong, Aldrin, and Collins return to Earth, it is going to be quite some celebration and quite an emotional experience. And who will ever forget, in this year 1969, not only the 100th anniversary of baseball, but more importantly for the world and all mankind, the feats of these three men when they set foot on the moon. Luke Powell with two out in the last of the eighth to face Durker. Jackson has joined in the bullpen. Grant from the Phillies, a left-hander, and is throwing. John Necro, the knuckleballer from Atlanta. But they're two out, and it's 9-3, to three, the National League. And Dicker on the mound, and he throws, and Powell fouls it over our heads upstairs. Jim Durker's another one of these very young pitchers in the National League. Their squad is uh, probably the youngest pitching staff I've ever seen at an All-Star game. They're another one that throws very hard. And these fellows have developed into pitchers at a young age while they've still got the good fastball. Sometimes it takes a long time. Swing and a miss by Powell. Now, of course, Boo got the big break when Kuzman, who had retired five in a row on a left-hander, went out and Durker, who has yet to throw, and a right-hander came in to face Boo, who is left-handed. 
There have been five home runs. The record for all-star play is six for water. Looks like we're going to have 66, but that's cooled off. 0-2. Oh Powell watches one just off the corner. 1-2. and two. Jim, you can tell when the pitch is close. All the, um, all the infielders start to move. Perez started to come in to take the throw from Hunley, but it just missed. One and two the count. Two down. There's an off-speed pitch changed, and it's outside. Two-two. Well, it came off his hand. Now, is it a simple changeup he threw there, Sandy, or what was he throwing? Jim, I think possibly Paul Richards, who was with the Houston Astros for a few years, is a great uh, believer in the palm ball. That's what it was, I think. This one is fouled over to Weaver, who muffs it. Uh, he may be fine. The Baltimore Orioles have a system of fines for anything and everything in their dugout to keep them loose. And, of course, the Orioles now lead in the Eastern Division of the American League by 11 games, and I'm sure those who are watching or are listening will go back and they'll post a fine for Old Weaver for muffing a foul ball in the All-Star game. 2-2 pitch. Long drive. Over comes Clemente. And has it. Claps it. It's a fair ball. And it is a safe hit for Powell. Then there's another one where the outfield uh, had a great effect on the outfielders. Uh, Clemente started to come in on that ball and slipped and went to his knees, and he trapped it on his knees. He never got up again. The ball was hit very hard, but Roberto might have had a chance on a dry field. Here's Reggie Smith up for the second time. He grounded out in the sixth inning. Went in as a pinch runner for Frank Howard, who had a perfect day, a home run, and a walk and scored twice. Inside to Smith, the switch hitter, who is batting left-handed. 1-0. Nine runs, 11 hits, no errors for the National League. Three runs, six hits, two errors for the American. We are in the last of the eighth inning. And there are two down. With Powell at first. With his first base hit. One for four on the day. Culp continues to throw for the American League. Hit straight up in the air on a change pitch. Perez comes in near the foul line and has it for the third out. No runs, one hit, no errors, and one left. I'm running out for the American League at the end of eight. It's nine to three, the National League. Plymouth just reduced the manufacturer's suggested retail price of the standard Valiant V100 two-door sedan by $193, making it an even greater value than ever. Designed, built, and engineered as an economy car, Valiant still remembers just why you buy a compact. This year, Valiant features a thrifty, rugged 170-cubic-inch engine, room enough for six adult passengers, torsion bar suspension, a seven-step dip-and-spray anti-rust treatment, and more. So, by reducing the manufacturer's suggested retail price, including federal excise tax, excluding state and local taxes, optional equipment, destination and dealer preparation charges, Valiant has added economy to economy. Dollar for dollar, the competition gets left behind, and Valiant becomes more unbeatable than ever. See your local Plymouth dealer today. Check out his Valiant. Then check out that new reduced price. Plymouth makes economy cars the way they're meant to be made. Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax at Robert F. Kennedy Memorial Stadium in Washington, the 40th annual All-Star Game as we go to the last inning, we think, and the sun comes out. After a day and a half of rain, the sun comes out here in rather humid and muggy Washington. The ninth inning, the National League, out in front by the score of 9-3. to three. To repeat, there have been five home runs, two by Willie McCovey, one by Johnny Bench, and Bench was robbed of another on the outstanding defensive play of the game by Carl Dostremski, who leaped and reached over the fence in left field. The American League has had 
two home runs, one by Frank Howard of Washington, the other by catcher Bill Freehan of Detroit. And it's nine to three. Of those nine runs that the National League has, two of those have been unearned. Now, Ray Culp is the new pitcher. Culp of the Boston Red Sox is 14 and six on the year with a 3.10 earned run average. And the first man he will face will be Tony Perez as we pause 30 seconds for station identification. for Big Wilson, weekdays 9 to noon, WNBC, Radio 660, and WNBC-FM, New York. Tony Perez takes strike one from Ray Cuff. Perez of Cincinnati hitting a 335, 22 homers, and 70 RBIs. First time at bat in this All-Star game, Cuff throws again, and Perez fouls it upstairs to the right. And it is strike two. No ball and strike count on either scoreboard here in Washington. Now it says 10 strikes out in right field. But I believe it is one and two. Clarity has not given the sign behind the plate. Makes it 2-2 by my count. Now they have ball one and 10 strikes. Perez the batter. Mickey Lolich is warming up now for the American League. Swing and a miss. And that is all for Perez. has his first strikeout. McDowell struck out four. And of the last seven batters, four have struck out. Five have struck out. Here is Rose. Up for the first time. Got Lee May, Tony Perez, and Pete Rose in the batting order. All three from Cincinnati. May completed the last inning. Perez starts out this. Rose takes low. It's ball two. Cincinnati, that big race in the Western Division of the National League. Only three and a half games up, but they are in fourth place. Get high in the air and playable. Brooks Robinson comes off third base into foul territory, chasing it in the wind for a couple of steps and has it for the second out. Time. Bench had a home run in the second. Next time up, he singled and scored in the third. He walked in the fourth, and then Yastrzemski robbed him in the sixth for that great catch. And this is Randy Hundley of the Chicago Cubs, up for the first time. Lolich is throwing for the American League, and now Juan Marichal has joined Phil Necro to throw for the National. Hundley swings and misses strike one. Tim, I just noticed that uh, Necro sat down and Seaver the Mets, Tom Seaver has gotten up, so I guess some of the pitchers who aren't going to get in the ballgame are trying to get their work in anyhow in the bullpen here in Washington. Strike two, swinging by Randy Hundley. Sand and I were in Montreal on Saturday and watched Tom Seaver with a chance to pull the Mets even on the loss column with the Cubs get knocked out after a couple of innings of play. Surprised everybody, and maybe even the Expos. And Huntley strikes out, and Trump strikes out two of the three. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left. Ten in a row, the National League have now gone down, but they lead at the end of eight and a half, nine to three. A long 
along with Sandy Koufax. This is Jim Simpson. And as they say, this could be it. The last of the night. For the American League, we will send up Roy White. Jim Fragosi. And John Roseboro, or a pinch hitter. But in any case, Sandy, they've got to hit the butterball till Negro of Atlanta's come in. Very definitely, Jim. And Negro's best pitch is still the knuckleball. Uh, he'll throw a fastball, a slider, occasionally if he has to, but predominantly it's going to be knuckleballs that the American League is going to have to hit here. And looking down to the National League bullpen, it's a comforting sight for a manager to notice he's got Juan Marichal and John Seaver warming up. Roy White hitting 313 from the Yankees, four home runs, 46 RBIs. Go back. Fergosi is on deck. The score is 9-3, to three, and the American League is running out of time, nearly out of time, three outs away from going down to their seventh consecutive defeat. It would be 11 of the last 12, and the National League would lead overall 22 games to 17. More importantly, since 1949, it would be 18 out of 23 victories for the National League. Huntley's got that big, big glove, almost like a first baseman's glove on, and he's going to flag down anything that's... He's even looking at the dugout, saying that he's jumping behind the plate. White steps in. May of Cincinnati at first. Beckett of Chicago at second. Menke of Houston at short. Perez of Cincinnati at third. Rose of Cincinnati in left. Alou has gone all the way in center from the Pirates, and Clemente has replaced Aaron in right. Randy Hundley, the catcher. There's ball one. And Necro, the pitcher. He is the sixth National League pitcher. This one gets away from Randy. I'm trying to think. Uh, the Chicago Cubs. That's the ball pitcher there. I don't think so, Jim. Uh, I don't think they have any at all. The only thing I've ever heard any catcher say about the knuckleball, John Roseboro struck out against the knuckleballer one day, came back and said, how do you expect me to hit it if I can't even catch it? Well, I strike two swinging by Roy White. They say he caught a tip of it. Foul tip. Alvin Dark, the manager of Cleveland, has been coaching at third base. Earl Weaver, the manager of Baltimore, has been first base. Ted Williams is an honorary coach here for the American League. Gil Hodges of the Mets, an honorary coach for the National League. 9-3, 1-2 and two the count to White, who's choked up on the bat a little bit. And it's 2-2 as this one stays outside. National League got off to quite a jump. Unearned run in the first inning. And a two-run over by Bench in the second. They were off 3 to nothing, and they haven't been challenged really since. This one is fouled over our heads. It's still 2-2. Five home runs in this game. Two by Willie McCovey. One by Johnny Bench, who could have had two were it not for a great play by Carl Jostemski. For the American League, Frank Howard and Bill Freehan have hit home Collins stands to be the winner. Stottlemyre, the surprise starter, the loser. 2-2 pitch, and he struck him out, and Huntley held on to the ball. Jim, I think that was the easiest pitch Huntley had to catch there. After throwing him four or five knuckleballs in a row, Necro just suddenly came with the fastball and had White fooled. But I think Huntley wanted to make sure he hung on to it and called fastball. Jim Fergosi will bat, and Sandy, we are going to have all-star history. Carlos May is on deck. His brother is at first base. It'll be the first time brothers have been on opposing squads playing against each other in an all-star game. High from Necro to Fergosi up for the first time after replacing Petroselli. 
Petroselli was one for three, a double in his last time at bat. Negro right back. This is inside. It's 2-0. and oh. Then Fregosi has been a starting all-star shortstop on occasions. From the California Angels, 2-0. and oh. Fouled off and upstairs to the right. Fregosi this year hitting 270, eight home runs, 25 RBIs. out a little bit further, I would imagine, as they will have won their sixth in a row, 11 in the last 12. Down ball, Nico breaks off the mound, picks it up with his bare hand, turns and throws on to Lee May. Fine play and two out. And here comes Carlos May, the boy who has put excitement back in White Sox Park in Chicago, hitting a 279, 18 home runs, 57 RBI, strong as a bull, a left-handed hitter. He's just liable to pull that ball down toward first base where his brother Lee May of Cincinnati is waiting. One out away from another National League victory. And the American League collectively will have to say wait till next year. Six runs down, nine to three the score. And this ball was by May before he swung and missed. Strike one. May has strength to all fields. Will hit to left as well as pull it to right. And swings again, and misses again, and it's strike two. Now, I'm sure his brother Lee, standing down at first base with a comfortable six-run lead, is watching with interest. And the fans, for the first time today, begin to stir and make toward the exits, figuring that they've wrapped it up. But this one is low. It's one and two. Brooks Robinson on deck. Long way to go. Six-run deficit. And May strikes out to end the 40th annual All-Star Game. Negro gets congratulations from his teammates, but of course it'll be Mr. Carter gets the win. Stoudemire the loss seven in a row for the National League. The National League nine runs, 11 hits, no errors. The American League three runs, six hits, and three errors. We'll be back with the highlights of today's game right after this message. National League has won this game 9-3, and we'll repeat those statistics one more time. They are impressive. It is now 22-17, the National League's favorite for this 40th annual All-Star game. It is also a fact that they have now won 18 and lost 5 since 1949. They've won 11 of the last 12 and their last 7 in a row. As good as Steve Carlin was, and he was good enough to win this ball game, he gave up two of the three runs the American League managed. Both of them were long balls hit by Frank Howard and Bill Freehan for all-star game home runs. But Mel Stottlemyre, who started, was the victim of an error and an unearned run in the first inning. Johnny Bench had a two-run homer in the second inning. Stottlemyre goes down as the loser, but Willie McCovey was the star, along with Bench, as far as hitting is concerned, in that Bench had a perfect day before Yastrzemski robbed him with a great catch in the sixth. That should go down as the defensive play of the game. Bench had a home run and a single, drove in a couple of runs, and scored one himself. Willie McCovey, of course, had back-to-back home runs in the third and fourth innings. Sotomayor the loser, Carlton the winner, and some comments from a former All-Star himself from Sandy Kovacs in a moment, as we'll be back with the final summary of today's action in just a minute. Well, Sandy, the National League got five runs in the big third inning, but from the opening pitch, almost, 
The outcome was scarcely enough. Jim, it looked like uh, we were going to have a very high-scoring ball game today. We did have quite a few runs and more than we've had in the past few years. But uh, when you talk about this ball game, it always looks like it's going to be a pitcher's ball game. And for the last five innings, it was definitely that. Uh, you have so many pitchers coming in, surely that somebody's going to have a bad day. And we had one or two pitchers who didn't quite have their control or their stuff today. And a lot of runs were scored early. But from there on in, from the top of the fifth or the top of the fourth, the pitchers took over the ball game, which is bound to happen, I feel. Of course, the starting lineups came out. That didn't hurt any either. But everybody on this team is an all-star. And I have discovered in the last three years that it's just as much fun, almost, to watch it as it is to play in it. Well, Sandy, thank you very much. And, of course, this is just the mid-season highlight for baseball, the 100th annual uh, year for uh, Major League Baseball. Began with the Cincinnati Red Stockings back in 1869, just a mid-season highlight. I know that the American League would like to win one, but they can wait till next year. Right now, it's back to the business at hand. Everybody begins play again tomorrow in the American League. Baltimore leads the Eastern Division by 11 games. In the West, Minnesota over Oakland by four. In the National League, the Cubs are in front of the Mets by four and a half, but only two games up in the loss column. And in the Western Division of the National League, Atlanta over Los Angeles and San Francisco by a game. Cincinnati by three and a half. And Houston is only seven up. So lots of baseball left. And we look now to the pennant races, the divisional playoffs, and the World Series. And remember here, for complete coverage of Major League Baseball, NBC. Our producer today was Len Dillon. Our engineer from WRC in Washington, Dave Nolan. This broadcast has been authorized under broadcast rights granted by the Commissioner of Baseball. Solely for the entertainment of our listening audience and any publication, rebroadcast, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of the game without the express consent of the Commissioner of Baseball is prohibited. This 40th annual All-Star Game from Robert F. Kennedy Memorial Stadium in Washington has been brought to you by Chrysler Corporation, world famous for engineering. Insurance by the Hartford. We try to keep things simple. The new adjustable Gillette Techmatic Razor. The almost perfect razor made perfect. And by Phillips 66, where it's performance that counts. And now from Washington, Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax. The final score again in the 40th All-Star Game. The National League 9, the American League 3. This has been an NBC Radio Network production. This is the place for Jack Hayes, weekdays noon to 3, WNBC, Radio 660 in WNBC-FM, New York. Your transmission is one of the most important, most complicated parts of your...